This is it, people. This is what you've been waiting for. This is Everyday Celebrity Podcast. The podcast for everyday people with everyday problems trying to find everyday solutions to accomplish everyday goals. Let's start the show. You, 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 you. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Celebrity Podcast, number one podcast in Oakland, number one podcast in the Bay Area. And today, it's very controversial because we, I got a nigga that's coming for my spot. We got the number two host of the, <laughs> <laughs> the host of the number two podcast in Oakland, in the Bay Area. This nigga is a, he, he's a mogul. Uh, I mean, he used to be a pimp from what I, from what I'm hearing. <laughs> uh, he does music He has his own podcast And he's in the media space Welcome LDs To also the show Also known Lawrence to one The number one podcast <laughs> You know what I'm saying I need to know Coming in out <laughs> What's up dude uh, 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 Yeah 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 We, uh, we good how, how are you doing today I'm doing good man Today is Friday right mm-hmm. So I gotta ask you a question Oh no! Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Time out! Time out! Time out! You haven't listened to my shit yet, obviously. But you, you, uh, niggas don't ask me questions on this. This ain't about me. Well, that's the that's the number one rule when I interview well, people. How that's gonna work? I'm asking you questions. This and is I, your interview. And I ask you questions back. Well, you want to ask me questions? You can tell me to come on your shit. Okay, so I'm going <laughs> to paint you in the corner. Then that's what I got. <laughs> I'm gonna end up painting you in the corner. All right. All right. So this this uh. So we got LDs, all right? So like I said in the description, you know what I'm saying? You, you do all types, of, uh, all types of shit. We go, get, we go dibble and dive into everything, every aspect of your life. But um, what I'm very interested in, how did you become uh, uh, a podcast? What did, how did this come about? Oh, so I started an Instagram page because I ended up getting signed to this record label and it was telling me, uh, Trackademic, shout out to Trackademics and the whole honor roll squad told me that I was going to have to get into social media and stuff like that. Bring this up a little bit. Because it was just part of what I needed to do. Uh-huh. So I really wasn't on it too much, my Instagram. Then I was living out the way and I just wanted to keep in touch with people. So I started that, moving with that, with my Instagram page. And then it started picking up for me. It started picking up. Then some close people start tapping in with me, talking about, oh, man, you need to do podcasts. You need to do podcasts. And some mm. people actually was talking about it. I had a meeting with some people. But shout out to Steve S-Class, Fame Media. He reached out to a friend, and then I went there, and he had everything. So then I've been up and running just like that. Are you an owner of Fame Media? No. Okay. You're just the face of Fame Media. Yeah, yeah. Explain what fan media is to the people. Fan media is fashion, art, music, entertainment. And um, yeah, we got some, there's some people over there, but yeah, I, I'm pretty much the person that when they see fan media, they think, mm. yeah. Yeah, because that's how I uh, noticed you. And I thought you, I thought that was your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got a show on there. Mm-hmm. I got a show on there. I got a show, uh, I Need to Know podcast on there. Yeah. So, you have a podcast called I Need to Know. Can you, ex- what's your podcast about? It's like this, except I allow my guests to ask questions back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's a free-flowing conversation, mm. no pressure. But, you know, like I always say, if I'm talking to Mike Tyson, we're talking mm. boxing. 
Yeah. If I'm talking to Michael Jordan, we talking basketball. If I'm talking to Michael Myers, we talking murder. You know mm. what I'm saying? And then we flip and bounce and stuff like that. My thing that I like to do is actually uh, talk about the artist, but, but separate the person from the artist. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because now I feel like um, music is one facet of it, but people are more interested on who the person is. People are interested in characters. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. How does this person think? Shout out to the late Nipsey Hussle and Tupac. When you see their interviews, they're not talking about no music. Mm-hmm. Not really. That's a very small part of what they're talking about. Uh, Grace like 50 Cent. You're actually watching how they think. You know what I'm saying? And that's what I'd be trying to bring out of my guests. And stuff so like you're that. not really talking. You, like you said, you were talking. You, you were interviewing Mike Tyson. You'll be talking about boxing. But you're not really going to be talking about boxing. If I was talking to Mike Tyson right now, I would be talking about boxing, but Mike Tyson is so interesting. I could talk about penitentiary. I could mm-hmm. talk about his relationship yeah. with Tupac. I even asked him the question I want to ask him. Hey, Mike, if you, Tupac, and Allen Iverson was best friends and y'all had to share BMW, who would be driving and who would be in the backseat? Mm-hmm. Then he added his perspective and stuff like that. Who would you think would be driving and who would be in the backseat if, you know? Well, I think Mike Tyson will be uh, in the backseat because that nigga, he wants to be incognito. Okay. Now, who's driving? Probably Allen Iverson. I believe the same. Why? He's a point guard. Mm. He pushes the rock and Tupac would be yelling out the front seat window. Exactly. And I'm that type of way, too, when I interview people. Um, Like, if I interview Mike Tyson, I'm not going to be talking about the basic shit that Every other interviewer has asked him, like yeah. boxing. I don't want to. I don't give a fuck about boxing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna talk about nigga. Did you did you rape that bitch? That's what I'm gonna ask. Him. I'm gonna yeah. ask him shit that niggas ain't don't, are scared to ask him. Like yeah. if I'm my, if I'm interviewing Michael Jackson, nigga, why was you inclined to lay in the bed with them boys? Okay. D- didn't you know that was going to be looked at some type of way? I'm gonna ask questions like that. That nigga, shit that niggas are scared to ask. Okay. That's my interview style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, I agree with you as well, like separating music from the actual artist, like R. Kelly. People are like, I'm not going to play R. Kelly anymore. Shit, I do. I play R. Kelly all the time because I don't, I look at R. Kelly for his music. I don't don't know that man personally, so I can't make a judgment on him. You know what I'm saying? Would you play it if you was having a romantic dinner with a young lady you just met? Hell yeah. And if the bitch get upset about it, I'm going to be like, okay. Honestly, I don't even think the bitch is going to get upset. She go, All these girls are fake out here. Go to a club or to a, a Sunday brunch. Okay. Let a DJ put, uh, step in the name of love. Let a DJ play that. You don't think that bitch is going to get up and start dancing? When the last time you actually heard that in a public setting? Be real. In a public setting? Uh, it's been a minute, but I don't go out like that to uh that's like a sunday brunch type of uh song that's not a club song when is the last time you've heard it at a sunday brunch one year two years three it's, years it's, it's been a minute but the it only had to be at least three years ago yeah but the only me. but the only reason they i haven't heard it is because a lot of people are scared to stand on their own two feet and be like yo i'm going to play it regardless well then you don't know how to respond to be mm. by your own logic I don't know what. What'd you say? I said, by your own logic, you don't know how to. How would it be? Because you damn for sure ain't went to no place before COVID. <laughs> so that puts you back at least two years. You don't think, you don't think uh, they'll be dancing if they play that? It depends. Do you like older women like 50? Yes. Okay, well then, at the hole in the walls, yes. 
Mm. At the hole in the walls, 50 and up. Yeah. Would you play it if you was a DJ? Step in the name of love. Just any R. Kelly. The nigga is a musical genius. You can't deny that. You know what? I might. Okay. I might. Most likely I would because, I mean, I like, you know, I'm, I'm not a huge music lover, mm-hmm. but it's certain stuff that I would be in, like, Step in the Name of Love and stuff like that. Uh, and that's just an example. That's just one song. But that's that. one of my favorite joints that he had. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I would play it. People yeah, play people play Michael Jackson, and you know what he was he was about. Yeah, but the thing about Michael Jackson, the difference between Michael Jackson and R. Kelly is that R. Kelly actually got convicted. Michael yeah. Jackson did not. But everyone knows. Everyone Just like knows OJ. That. Everyone, everyone knows, knows that. OJ killed that bitch. No, let's stay on Michael Jackson. Everybody <laughs> knows what? You know that? Nigga. Everyone you, knows Michael Jackson no, man, was strange know with a little bit of change with them little boys. But you know that. I don't know it because I haven't seen it, but you can put two and two together. Can you not? I mean, it's a speculation. All we know is... Well, what does your heart tell you? My heart tells me is that he was weird because he didn't have a childhood and he was trying to relive that. My my heart also tells me this is that I do know that you never skip classes in the school of life. Mm -hmm. Right? Uh... Just like when you see like a um a chick a so a quote unquote good girl right mm-hmm. she been sheltered she been sheltered and then when she finally gets outside sometimes they get turned out oh yeah that's the stage that they actually you know skip mm-hmm. uh, being socially interactive makes people socially awkward some people turn freaks mm-hmm. he never had when Michael Jackson I, never had childhood friends I, I, I know the whole story you're about to explain. It goes back to psychology. He, he was denied his childhood, and then when he got older, like, Michael Jackson is a rare story because he, since birth, this nigga was damn almost famous since, like, as a child. Come on, man. And famous, and I don't mean famous, like, grown women, when this nigga was, like, 10 grown women trying to fuck this nigga grabbing him in the jack when, when he was in a jackson five grown women grabbing him well grown women trying to fuck you don't make you famous but you know what I, you know what i'm saying this nigga oh, no. I, just, I just wanted to sound like a gangster he Let was me say it one more time grown women want to give you some pussy don't make you famous but yeah that is true but michael jackson is a is is a is an extreme case of a child star not having no type of childhood, not doing the things that they were that we, me and you were doing when we were a child. You know what I'm saying? Lil Wayne is close too. Lil Wayne is a childhood star. True. Bow Wow was a childhood star, but I would say but, Lil, Lil Wayne actually transitioned re- very well into an adult. Mm-hmm. You know, but that uh, what Lil Wayne Bow was wow doing was more of an actor now. Huh? That's. Like I said, Michael Jackson is an extreme case because even even though those two situations doesn't compare to what that nigga was going through when he was a child. This was back in the day when uh, just like you know, famous people back then, like it yeah. was crazy. Like the Beatles, I'm saying, I'm pretty Definitely. sure, I'm pretty sure, me and you are still in the age, same age group. So back in then, like when you look at the Beatles, for example, when they came to America, these niggas, you had people jumping on cars like. People dying in the concerts, passing out, going crazy. Well, it's a different music genre. And um, the Jackson 5 is damn near, not damn near, the Jackson 5 is um, American royalty. Yeah. You know, like the Kennedys, mm-hmm. the Jacksons, 
mm-hmm. you know, in that respective space, yeah, the Jackson Five, the Jacksons, I'm gonna say the Jacksons is definitely American royalty. Mm-hmm. You know, hip hop is a little different. Yeah. Hip hop is a little different. There yeah. ain't really many uh families, but shout out to E40. E40 has done essentially what the Wayans did in comedy with his family with hip hop. Mm-hmm. You agree or disagree? You talking about the click? Yeah. I mean, I agree to I agree to where he, I agree to the sense that he tried to put on his family, but they he didn't have the his family didn't have the success as the Wayne Wayne's brothers. Like everyone in the Wayne's family are are capable to stand on their own too. Okay, I got you. Like Sugar Free. Sugar Free. Where's Sugar Free at? Where's Be Legit at? Where you mean Sugar T. No, yeah, I'm sorry. Sugar T. Sugar T. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Sugar T. Be legit. Like well, every, I only know the click from that album that they put out, well, but you I don't do know have, them from uh, in, from uh, from being a solo. Well, they're successful. I know his younger brother Muggsy. He has a gym buff motherfucker. Shout out to Muggsy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? They do other things. You know what I'm saying? They do mm. other things. I mean, as far as like rap music, mm-hmm. they're definitely successful people. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, do you know what his son do? I don't know what none of them do, honestly. Yeah, he, he I mean, they beats. probably are successful, but I was just talking about like musically wise. Well, you know, I mean, we still got to look at it like we still got to look at success as success. Yeah, like, of course. I mean, E-40, like this nigga has multiple businesses. Yeah. How like, many pe- rappers do that? Exactly. And like, they're, su- you- they're successful businesses. Like I, when people look at E-40 now, they don't look at music. They look at his, what does this nigga got? Wine and shit? Yeah, he got like other that. other yeah. shit. You know what I'm saying? Like so yeah, I mean he is he is successful. He man, he was one of my favorite, like one of the t- probably like the three West Coast rappers that I listened to when I was young. But so how old are you? <laughs> you bought up age. I'm old, nigga. You oh. bought up age. I'm your. I'm probably older than you. I'm probably your OG actually. How old are you? <laughs> this motherfucker, man. <laughs> what the fuck is this? You know what you. you know what they want. <laughs> <laughs> How old are you though, for real? I'm 44. Okay, yeah. So we in the same we in the same age bracket. What you ain't gonna tell your age? What the fuck? No, nigga, you don't. Yeah, you can't ask me questions on here. That's everyone knows that. Man, check it. So you gonna sit up here and bring up this age interview age. is about you, not me. But I'm talking to you. Exactly. <laughs> we having a conversation. That ain't no conversation. <laughs> So, yeah, I don't even know how we sidetracked to, what did I, oh, the, the, the podcast. Yeah. So, obviously, let's start, let's start from the beginning. Are you born and raised from the, in the Bay Area? Yeah. What part? Oakland? Yeah, I'm from Oakland. From the north? Northwest. Northwest. Side, yeah. How was growing up in Oakland for you? It was good. I had a good childhood. I had mm-hmm. some cool friends and stuff like that. Okay. Household, both parents, brothers, sisters? No. My my brother was, uh, he's 14 years older than me, so he kind of played the parental male figure and then my mother. Mm-hmm. And then I had a sister that's eight years old. Okay. So I'm a, you're an 80s baby, correct? No. No, no. You When was you born? In the 70, what? Seven, eight. I'll pass on that. Okay, that's what's up. So, basically, what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get to, when you were growing up back then, yeah, 
into how Oakland is now, what changes have you seen? Okay. Do you think do you think do you think Oakland has changed for the better or has it gotten worse? Well, the thing about it is, is that when you actually get older in age, things are always get worse when you're dealing with youth because youth pretty much don't. They get smarter, but they get worse, just like humanity. You know what I'm saying? Did that make sense? Say it again. I said, uh, as you get older, mm. kids get worse and they get smarter at the same time, but that's just with humanity. Okay. That does make sense because the youth is out of control to me. Yeah. Why do you think that is? It's the nature. It's the nature. As like when you lead, read like religious texts and books and stuff like that, mm-hmm. it, that the world is supposed to end because people were so bad, not because people got better and was good. Mm-hmm. It's just a natural order thing. Mm-hmm. Like once you start doing stuff, like once you start putting sins and stuff like that on the table, you don't go backwards. Like, with the first time you start having sex, right, you wore a rubber. And once mm-hmm. that motherfucker came off, it doesn't come back on. Like, you could fucking a chick with a rubber on. Mm-hmm. And once you take it off, if you get comfortable, you don't put the motherfucker back on. And mm-hmm. then it goes from missionary to doggy style position. And as you get wilder and wilder and wilder in the bedroom, you don't go back to missionary. Mm-hmm. No, you keep getting freakier, right? Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with the minds of these young motherfuckers. Once they start something and the new lick is a lick, it's something that's actually added on the table. Yep. They don't take it off. Do you think, um, I mean, that can be one reason, obviously. Um, but I think, tell me if you agree, that the youth are so out of control now is because when we were growing up, when you ask, especially like if you ask a black kid, who do you look up to? Your father. My dad. Or my uncle, my grandfather. Now, when you ask a kid, who do you look up to? Oh, NBA young boy or uh, or a streamer, right? And your father, you you back in those days, you see your father, nigga getting up, going to work. Niggas was scared to go out and do crime because they were scared of the repercussions that their father's going to give them. Not because of getting caught by the police. They don't give a fuck about that. I'm scared if my dad catches me because that nigga puts fear in my heart. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So that's the main reason I feel the youth is... When I say youth, I'm talking about black people in general. Black people specifically. Black kids. Black boys. The reason they're out of control is because they have... They're looking up to the wrong... They're looking up to the wrong uh, people. You know what I'm saying? That's part of it. That's a huge part of it. Mm Mm-hmm. You know what? I really didn't even speak to that question, though. I was just speaking on things not going back to normal. Mm. But I think it's, yeah, I think it's part of that, what you said. I mean, it's the breakdown of the family. Mm. You know what I'm saying? It's the breakdown of the family. Back in the day, right? Yeah. Families used to do things together. Now they don't really do things together. My auntie could tell me, hey, L, you know what I'm saying? You can't do that. Now a woman, don't tell my son nothing. Mm. You know, everything is so separated. Yeah. You know? Did you have a a strong male figure growing up? Yeah, my brother. Your brother. I had a lot of men in my life, though, that was uh, when I was coming up, though. Mm-hmm. But my brother primarily was, like, the one in the house. Is your brother still with you today? Is he alive? Yes. Yes. Okay. Are you guys still close? 
Uh, yeah, I don't talk to him as much, but he's very, very, very successful. So why don't you talk to him? He's just doing his own thing. Like, I talk to him when I can. Like, we talk through text, but he's, like, really successful at what he does, so. What does he do? Uh, pass. What's that? Next question. Oh, next question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what high school did you go to? I went to Mac. Mac? Uh, my senior in 12th grade year, but they had a strike, so I went back to Mount Diablo. I kind of bounced around a little bit. Okay. So after high school... And Ohio, Shout out to the Murder Doves in Funktown. Mm. So after high school, where did, your, where did your life take you? After high school, yes. 1996. <laughs> hey, 97. That's a, great, hey. that's a great year. Yeah, 9-7. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my brothers. You know what I'm saying? We started a rap group called The Rich Peasants. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to the rich peasants. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Yeah, we was doing our thing, making mm-hmm. some music and stuff like that. You know? So no you got into music after high school? No. It, that's when everything started. Ah, uh, Everything okay. started shaking and stuff like that. I mm. just, uh, we started making some good music and, yeah, doing shows. It was real fun. The 90s, mm. 97 was cool, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You said it started to take off after that. Uh, did uh, what? What? How? Why? Shows. Did anything change? Shows. We was doing our underground thing heavy. Okay. We were doing our underground thing heavy. You know what I'm saying? Like from '97, '98, '99, 2000, 2001. Uh, you ever heard of Mingle? Mm-hmm. The club Mingles. We was, I got we some was, stories of Mingles. Yeah. Yeah, we the one that that got Mingles rocking us, rich peasants. Bottom of the basement, Young Minds at War. Uh, who else? Uh, turf, uh, turf Mob out of East Oakland. Mm-hmm. Then um, Jay Stallin and them used to come up there. That's when Jay Stallin first started getting popping and stuff like that, selling his mixtape. Fab used to come through sometime, battling and stuff on battle nights. Mm-hmm. It was, man, I'm, when I'm taking mi- out a little bit pre-before Hyphy. Yeah, By yeah. the time Hyphy kicked in, mm-hmm. Mingles was already cranking. DJ Igor on the beats. What it do? <laughs> ah, it was some good days. When did Mingles close? Mingles close, I think, somewhere around 2000. I want to say seven because a girl seven. named um, D uh-huh. was in the crossfire of a shootout. She was pregnant and got killed. Yeah, yeah. there was always stabbing, shootouts, all, all types of shit at Mingles. Well, the thing about it is, is that Mingles. Mm. Right, but we you used get... to go on Tuesday. Yeah. Tuesday was the open mic night where everybody used to be. Mm. I never really went there like on the Saturdays and and stuff because that's when people that wasn't from there from Oakland used to come. Yeah, you know. But everybody that mingles. Shout out to John Ivy and all them. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Pops Ivy, Big Ivy that owned it. You know mm. what I'm saying? And all his kids and stuff like that. Family. Everybody used to always go there. I remember my uh my brother. God, brother, he rented it out for um, Thanksgiving. Open bar. We had a good time that night. And the Blow the Whistle video. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The Blow the Whistle video was going crazy that night. That's when it, got, that's when it became national. Yeah. Mm. As far well, as, like, knowing about it. You know what well, I'm you know what? That's where I seen Cat Williams in there with two short mm. and a white mink in the corner. Ah. Got the videos? No. Oh. On a separate occasion. Okay. Yeah, Mingles used to go crazy. I got a mingle story. When I went there, my boy took me there, and then we used to go there all the time because I'm from Philly. I'm not from Oakland, but I my uh, I used to come out here every summer since I was young. 
So you could basically see I'm from here as well. Because I spent the same majority of time from Philly and Oakland, right? And then one time, every time I come out here during the summer, it's me and my boys. Shout out to Vontae and Rome. We used to go to Mingles. Every time, pull a bitch. And then I remember one time, I pulled this fine-ass chick, right? Light-skinned, fat-ass. Went to her crib. The dirtiest crib I've ever been in. Was it in East Oakland? Honestly, I, don't, I think it was in East Oakland, but I don't remember exactly where it was. But it was like the dirtiest... Nastiest fucking apart. I don't even remember her name. What she look like? I mean, light skin, slim waist, fat ass, yeah, small tits, mm-hmm. like short hair. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Scars on the shoulder, scars on her leg. Mm-hmm. Hood, typical hood bitch. Uh-huh. <laughs> Went to her house. No furniture. Clothes everywhere. everywhere. Roaches everywhere. Yep. I, I still beat though. That's because I'm saying I already invested my time. I, I mean, I still beat because I already invested time and shit. You know what I'm saying? I was already there. So, I mean, it had to go down. No, it didn't. It didn't have to. It had to. The niggas dropped me off. It had to go down. Ah! <laughs> I had no choice. So, <laughs> did you call her back? No, nah, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. But I saw her at Mingles again, though, on a, at a different occasion, but I didn't talk to her. But yeah, Mingos, Mingos was a spot. Mingos, Mingos was a spot. Went crazy. I ended up mm. meeting somebody in there, and it was a cool little. Uh, it was a cool little transaction. Mm. It was heck. It was cool, man. It was okay. cool. So you was uh, you was basically a mover and shaker out here in the Bay. You said what? A mover and shaker, like a well known nigga out here. Well known. You know, you knew all the <laughs> the important people. Basically, I wouldn't say that. I just know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I'm just, you know, I'm kind of engaging, so I know a lot of people. Mm-hmm. I've been like that since I've been little, a little kid, though. I mm-hmm. just like people. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty engaging and stuff like that, so I know a lot of people. Were you a class clown when you were in school? Kinda. Yes, mm-hmm. I didn't know I was, but yeah, yeah, I was. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Do you do comedy? A little bit. I do some comedy right now. <laughs> we'll get into that later. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, <geez. laughs> so you, so 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 the so the group who was in this group? So, Rich Peasants is um, it's a few of us. So, Noise, right? Noise. He had that song California. I like that one. It was me, LDs, Immaculate, uh, Keys on the beat, Bones from New Jersey, Knowledge Born. Shout out to Bones. Known. Yeah, for sure. K Beasy. We got Skyler, he's Train Joe, uh, Josh, the singer, K Record, Tone. But now more niggas than Wu Tang. Kaiser came later, and who else was uh Rado? So it was like about four or five. Oh, and Lil Lee and her. So now it, I don't mean to interrupt you, but they, were these like actual official members of the group, or just niggas yeah. that were just hanging around? They was, you know what? It was like five main rappers. Okay, it was like five main rappers. It was like five main rappers. So if, an, if if someone was to come, be like, I want to sign you guys, those five people would be the ones be like, yes, we're signing. The funny thing about it is we was all kind of awkward and stuff like that. So they might pick up some people, but not the others because we rap so different. Mm. Okay. But there are five main people in the group. Five main people. Okay. Okay. All right. So how did y'all, how did everyone like connect? You guys grew up together or what? Nah. So when I went to high school... I had a friend named Kevin. Kevin had a good friend named Son, right? Mm. I went to high school with Kevin. Kevin was like in 11th grade when I was in 10th. No, no, Kevin was in 12th. 
I was 11. So he had a, I was his best friend at school. Mm. But he always used to talk about this other guy that he was cool with. So I met him once or twice at the school because he came up there to see Kevin. And then Kevin went away, I think, to the army. And then I seen the guy he was cool with in my neighborhood. I'm like, hey, man, what's up? So we ended up chopping it up. And ever since then, we was, we just became hella cool. Mm. Like damn near talk on the phone almost like every day now. Mm-hmm. Since 1997, we talk on the phone at least like four times a week. Okay. My best friend now. And then where did the other members come in? So, Knowledge was son's god brother. They lived together. And Rado was there too. Son went on tour and met Immaculate. And he was calling me on the phone. We were talking on the phone. He's like, man... Watch when you meet this guy named Immaculate. Immaculate already heard some of my music while they was on tour. Mm-hmm. He was like, yeah, man. So then we just linked it up and put it together. We made some good music, though. Okay. So the group is formed. You guys are making music. Um, when did you realize, right, that, damn, we can actually do something with this? You know what? I always kind of felt like that. I always kind of felt like that. It was just like... I feel like that before we even clicked up, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, yes. Every nigga has confidence. Like, every person who plays basketball knows, oh, damn. I can probably make it in the league. But then when you're, you go to a camp and you're put against the 50 greatest high school players in the country and then you're killing all of them niggas, you're like, damn. Okay, well, I'm nice. Okay, yeah. so... You knew that, okay, yeah, we can do something with it, but was there any, was there a situation where it was like, okay, damn, someone reached out to us and they want to book us for like a book, like a club event or some shit like that. And then you realize, oh, damn, niggas are really paying attention to what the fuck we doing. That was everywhere we went. Okay. I think that we probably, we probably needed a manager back then. We were so young. We was kind of doing things and. You know, we was being young, though. We were being young. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, being young and didn't really capitalize on the moment. I used to drink a lot back then. Mm-hmm. So, like, when I think about it now, I would have put out a lot more music, a lot more music and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But, hey, you can't really go backwards. You just kind of look at it like, okay, you know. Did you, when did... uh did you guys put out like actual projects, like albums or just like... We put out some street albums. So I put... So what happened for me, right? Son ended up working with this, this producer named Charlie O and T. Wayne. Charlie O and T. Wayne. I already knew Charlie O because I went to... Uh, he went to the art school right after me, but he made some tight ass beats, right? So he made mm-hmm. Son a single. Mm-hmm. But then I was like, you know, and I look up to son like he's like my older brother. He's a year and a half older than me, right? Mm-hmm. He reminds me of my real brother, so it was kind of easy for me to take him. But he's just closer to my age, though. Mm-hmm. So it was easy for me to actually gravitate towards him. Because, again, he reminded me of somebody that I already knew. Yeah. So, and he was a tight-ass rapper. Like, still to this day, he's one of my favorite rappers. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So he made a tight song. So then i never forget this. Now, ironically... I, I went to Charlie O and told him, you know, hey, man, Charlie O, man, help me out with my, uh, with make, make me a song. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It was like 2000. I made this song called High Post. 
It's funny though, because on the way over here, I just bounced out to go get my old dudes and I seen somebody that just ran across the street like, hey, hell nigga, you need to redo that high post part too. <laughs> that shit was yanking. Mm. I had a song called High Post. High Post, 2001. If you was a nigga from back then, you know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> high motherfucking post kicked off that shit. So I had a, so I made High Post. Then I uh, had this song called Compounds, right? Compounds, that was about where two words together make, make one word. Mm -hmm. So... I start doing that like I rap it in the beginning, then I just start naming hella blocks. Hella mm -hmm. blocks. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, three nine, a five, because they got two words together. So I got that down. So I think that was my first song because it was a short one. Then high post. Then son made me this song called uh uh, uh it was a song about ecstasy. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So that was around that time and it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And then this uh other one called Peasant Official with this nigga named Raw though. He he was a rapper, but he only had one song, but that song was tight as fuck. Mm -hmm. So I put out four songs, charged five dollars. I sold about probably sold about ten thousand in them motherfuckers. Mm -hmm. You gonna tell people what high post means? I mean, this this podcast is is yeah. heard in hundred in a hundred countries. Yeah, high post is uh when you think that you're better than somebody else. Okay. So the hook was, why these niggas want to act high post? Why these bitches want to act high post? Why do they both want to act high post? Faking like their life is so high post. Okay. Over the, uh, uh, I need a freak. Doom, 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 doom. Boom, 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 boom. That shit was going crazy. <laughs> niggas was out the motherfucking roof. Hey, shout out to Idaho Jado. You ever heard of Idaho Jado? No. Who was that? Idaho Jado was this motherfucker from North Oakland. Legendary motherfucker, right? Mm. He a little younger than me. He's fab age, right? Mm -hmm. So he loves that song. Mm. Back then, because I'm a little older than them motherfuckers. You know what I'm saying? So when I dropped that high post, that was like the best shit in the hood. You know what I'm saying? Mm. That shit was going crazy. And then I used to sell the CDs. I used to sell the uh, CDs over there on um, Seminary. Mm. Seminary. Be out there. I remember this. Just out, out, out the car? Out the pocket. Out yeah. the <laughs> shit. <laughs> out the motherfucking pocket. Oh, I had shit. a bag of them motherfuckers. I was selling so many of these motherfuckers, I'll never forget. I'm mm. sitting out there selling these motherfuckers. I'm off a pill, so I'm in everybody's face. Mm. I'm off a pill just selling these motherfuckers, and this motherfucker would have, I'll never forget. Light skinned motherfucker <laughs> with a gray Averex came over there with his hand in his pocket, like, man, what is you doing? Mm. Said, I'm selling my music. What's up? He said, oh, okay. He looking. I said, you want a CD? He gave one to what he said, oh, okay. And then he had a hammer in his pocket. Mm. Not a hammer, a fucking gun. Yes, nigga, I know. Well, I don't know. It's just you and these Nigerian <laughs> motherfuckers from everywhere. That means a gun, brother. Oh, shit. He, he said he has a hammer. He said he had MC oh, Hammer. Okay, what, was this like a, 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 a like an executive trying to sign you or something? No, he was a dope dealer from over there thinking that I was spot smashing. Oh, okay. He thought that I was grinding on his turf because yeah, he yeah. seen me kept making money. Mm-hmm. And you know, off ecstasy, I was really, really aggressive going up to cars down in 40s and shit like mm. that. It was like, yeah, good day. So he just let you continue? Was, huh? He let you continue? Yeah, because I wasn't selling dope on this spot. Okay. I was selling music. Okay. Different dope. Okay. Different dope. Is this song uh, that you're speaking of, is this 
out in the world where people are like, is it on iTunes or anything? No, but I'm going to end up dropping it on October. I'm getting all my old music together to mm-hmm. uh, respectively place it on uh, Spotify and stuff okay. like that. So when did the group, is the group still together? No. We're Why did you guys up. break up? Well, or well, not even broke up. Why did you guys stop making music together? Well, Knowledge and Bone, they went back to New Jersey or the mm. East Coast. Mm. Son kind of started doing his own thing. And then around that time, so this is about 2000 and Okay. About 2006 or seven. Was this uh, at the peak of uh, Hyphy era? No, this is actually on the decline now. The decline, now, now okay. I think this is on the decline of where, where we kind of dismembered. But at this point, I'm already making music with the legendary producer, Trackademic. Mm. So I'm already kind of doing music. Trackademics, come on the podcast, nigga. Huh? Oh, you know Trackademics? I don't. I'm just saying. Okay, shout out to Track. That's Wish, my wishful thinking. Yeah, shout out to Trackademics. That's my brother. You made the Tell Me When To Go remix. You ever heard the Tell Me When To Go remix? Yes, I have. The one that sound like opera? I don't think so. I probably have, but I mean, okay. I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, yeah. He does music with a lot of people. <clears throat> Shit, he does music with a lot of motherfuckers. Trackademics mm-hmm. is a legend out here. Mm-hmm. He did uh, a lot of fab shit. Uh, Son of a pimp. You ever heard of um, T. Moses? No. You ever heard of Razcast? Razcast, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's his BM or something like that. So okay. they both do music. You know what I'm saying? So she sung at his Did he wedding. do anything with JT? Bigger figure? Who? JT the bigger Have figure? Have I ever did anything with JT? No, track, Trackademics. I don't think so. Okay. But shout out to JT. Yeah, shout out to JT. JT, man, you know what I was tripping off of? He was hella young doing all that shit. Mm. That's where uh, Master P got the blueprint kind of how to do No Limit. Mm -hmm. From JT to motherfucking Bigger Figure. JT to Bigger Figure is a big-ass deal, bro. I believe it. I had his album, nigga, and I didn't even know nothing about it. I Shit, which one? He had about 50 the, 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 the main one. Uh, game recognized game in the Bay, man. That, that album. Yeah, that shit was cool, man. Mm. That shit was cool. See, my cousin, Orlando, big O, shout out to my cousin, Orlando. When I went out to school in uh, Concord, a lot of people out there in Concord, they listened to Mac Dre and Frisco shit. You know mm. what I'm saying? Because cities outside of Oakland, but not including Berkeley, but like the cities that end with O, mm-hmm. like Modesto, Vallejo, Frisco, yep. they all have similar fan base. Mm-hmm. Palo Alto, they all kind of listen to a lot of the same music. And I learned that when I went out there to uh, uh, Mount Diablo. I had some cool-ass pioneers from Pittsburgh, West Pittsburgh. Yeah. Uh, fucking, I went, to, I went to college in San Diego and... and SDSU? San, San Diego State, you know. That's where my son is. Okay. He doing engineering. Shout out to my son, man. Shout out to your son. Come on the podcast. When he come back, <laughs> when he come back, I will, man. But uh, San Diego, uh, all the clubs. This was back in the two, early, like the beginning of the two thousands. Um, all the clubs was playing Bay Area shit, and then when you go to Mexico and party, they were that's all they were playing. Too short, E forty, yeah. Fab, all that fucking uh, hyphy shit. That's all they were playing, and it, it felt like these niggas were. Like worship, even though it was like Southern California, an hour away from LA. These yeah. niggas worship the Bay Area style. It was, shit was crazy. Yeah, man, come on now. We uh, we got a we got a big hand in the game, but it's just like a hand that the world don't know us there, but the people that's actually using it know us mm. there. 
Do you? So I interview a lot of. Uh, since we're talking about music, I interview I interview a lot of artists from the Bay Area, and they always talk about um, when I ask them what what holds you back because you like you know Bay Area artists, right? They they stick with that like certain sound. That's this is my opinion. That's what prevents them from like being heard in New York or in the South and shit. The reason like E Forty is known everywhere because he has. He has his own rap style. Like, he's different. You know what I'm saying? Um, fucking uh, Simba. When you listen to Simba, do you, you don't really hear Bay Area. T- well, that's to me. You hear, like, lyricism. It's like some East Coast shit. Like, yeah. J. Cole. J. Cole is from North Carolina, but when you hear him rap, he's rapping like a nigga from New York or something. So when I interview uh, Bay Area artists, I always ask them, why do you think, what, what, what's the main thing that uh, you deal with when you make music? And they always talk about Bay Area politics. I like so any- one person might have, one person that you want to work with has beef with another nigga from Richmond or some shit. So that's, that's just one well, that's example. That's gangster shit. You know, it's bigger than that sometimes. And it's just different. I mean, it's just like... It's just kind of hard to get on. Like, I was going to say, like, when I was... I do music with Trackademics, right? Mm. So, Trackademics, you ever heard of Fool's Gold Record? Mm-mm. Okay, so it's this dude named DJ A-Track, white guy. Okay. He's like, you ever heard of EDM music? It's like techno? Yeah, EDM, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, he's like very good at that. And he mm-hmm. had a... He had, like, I think he's probably in the top 50 EDM artists. Okay. And he used to DJ for Kanye West. I think he used to DJ for Kanye West. Him or Nick, or maybe both. Nick Catchdub. They own this record label called mm-hmm. Fool's Go. They mm-hmm. gave Kid Cudi they start. Killer mm-hmm. Mike, you ever heard of Killer Mike? Yeah. Killer Mike is on there. Mm-hmm. They signed me. They gave me my big push. So I got my big push from some guys I never met from Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. So... And I got a song on TV called the... Uh, I mean, for I Need to Know... My song, I Need to Know, it's on this uh, TV show called The Shy. Mm-hmm. You ever seen that show on Showtime? I haven't watched it, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah. So I got a song on there and stuff like that. So I'm saying this, is that the same songs that I actually have, right? Mm. So, but somebody from 3,000 miles away was the one that put it out. Yeah. The music didn't change. Mm-hmm. Just the motherfuckers that actually believed in it. Mm-hmm. You get what I'm saying? Does that make sense? It makes sense. And it goes to a question I'm, uh, that I want to ask. Do you think... Um, do you... Uh, how can I phrase this? Um, like getting ahead. Like I do podcasting, right? And I feel if... I'm in Oakland, right? I feel if, if I leave and go to LA or New York, I'll probably blow up faster. Okay. So like you said, you were, you were printing out music. Right, and then a nigga from somewhere else noticed your song that was made years ago. So a nigga that appreciated it that is not even from Oakland, right? So do you think do you think it's do you think Oakland has if you want to be in this business? Do you think Oakland is the place to be? You know what? I don't know. I mean, like okay. This is what we always got to know. Every great artist is that, a great artist, Mm -hmm. right? But 
Oakland, especially Oakland, right? All the dope artists out here, when you first hear them, you like, why does rap? Mm -hmm. I remember when I first heard E-40, I was a little kid. He said, slurping and turbing and all into the fucking curbing if I get one more DUI. <laughs> now, I'm a little kid, like nine or ten. I asked my brother, why you rap like that? He said, that's E-40, fool. Yeah. You know, it was funny to me, but it was a different style, mm -hmm. right? When I first heard Drew Down, like, why? he's a damn fool. He's rapping about pimping. But mm -hmm. by this time, Too Short already broke me in. First time I heard Too Short, I was... Six years old, I'm like, he can't say that. Mm. So all adult, like when I heard Keek the Sneak, it was tight. But I was like, man, why is he rapping like that? Yeah. He's kind of whispering and stopping and going, that shit was tight as fuck. Mm. But a lot of rappers out here, that's the land. That's, that's how you know like when the shit is actually good, when it's its own thing. It just got to get the push or sanctioned by the right person or it got to be made cool. See, what's going on is that, like, when you look at um a triangle, right? Mm-hmm. It's more, the, the bottom of the triangle is bigger than the top. So imagine this being a group of people, the triangle. So you give your record to somebody, right? Say you give your, pers your, your record to the top of the triangle, in the top of the triangle, the ballers, the main guy, the cool guy, the radio person, any gatekeeper is at the top, say, man, this shit is tight as fuck, then the bottom is gonna follow. Mm -hmm. But, shout out to D motherfucking low. With no hoe. His record actually started from the bottom. The streets was actually fucking with that, and it made it up to the top where they had to fuck with it. Yeah. I feel like that's the, that's the exact recipe that them niggas in the South uh, uh, do. Because every time you hear people in the South, all these, all these artists that are huge right now, when you ask them, how did you blow up? Oh, I took my record to the strip club. Because all them niggas in the South, Atlanta, Texas, all these underground rappers, they go to the strip club DJ. Oh, play my song. Because that's where all the niggas go, the strip club. And when the strip club is popping and playing your shit, then that's when the execs notice. Who the fuck is this? So I just want to, like, uh, Gotti notice. That's when Gucci Man notices, oh, they hear the shit, you know, damn, because they in the strip club, you're like, who the fuck is this nigga that's playing in the strip club, got all these bitches dancing, and all these niggas uh, throwing money and shit. Oh, this is uh, so-and-so from Tennessee, a nigga that, that lives in, the, in his mama's basement, you know what well, I'm saying? Well, you know, you said something very prolific just now that we can't forget about what you just said. You said the South, right? Mm -hmm. When you think about West Coast hip-hop, what, where is that? Where is West Coast I mean, when, when, you add, when you say West Coast hip-hop, uh, people automatically consider West Coast L.A. L.A. or the Bay, right? Or the Bay, yeah. That's but it. L.A. more. Okay. The point that I'm making is, is that L.A., the Bay, and we'll take SAC with us. SAC is part of what we got going on, mm -hmm. right? What about the other states? Because when you say the South, you just named three different Southern states. Yeah. That's a big issue, too. West Coast hip-hop is either the Bay or L.A. You don't think about people coming out of Oregon. You don't think about people coming out of Washington, Portland, yeah. Arizona. You just think about... Yeah, I wouldn't places. even say the Bay. I'd just say California. That's what I... That's my that point. represents West Coast. And when you say East Coast, New York, Philly, Jersey, that's it. You don't say Massachusetts or fucking True, but the Maine. But the population is so big there mm. that it appears to be a little bit more than what it is. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then they'll squeeze in 
some other people too that that might be high affiliates like a J. Cole that they accept as their own. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. that's it. When you said the South, right? Mm-hmm. You named every motherfucker from Texas to fucking Florida, bro. Yeah. That's one, that's one continent mm-hmm. with millions and millions of motherfuckers supporting each other at yeah. the same. They're moving for the South. Yeah. In California now, you want to talk about the politics. Mm-hmm. It's like you got LA in the Bay. We fuck with each other. But I don't think that we have the same connection second for second like the South does. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't think we have that same connection. Mm-hmm. I feel... When Wait, you, do you? You think that LA and the Bay well, have the same connection? No, no, no. Hell no. I think LA is like... Uh, well, California in general, you got North, Northern California, you got Southern California. Even though it's one state... Nigga, when you go from the north to the, to LA, it's like you're in a whole different uh, state, whole different vibe, whole different feeling, interacting with different people, right? Whole different lifestyle. So it's basically like, is even though it's the same state, it's basically like you're in two different states. And when you go to LA, I feel like the difference between LA and uh, northern and southern, right? When I say northern and southern, I'm talking about the Bay Area and LA, basically. L.A., everyone is striving for the same goal. Everyone wants to be an actress. Everyone wants to be a model. Everyone wants to be in the music, right? And I feel everyone out there has, that, has those dreams. But, the, uh, but everyone, like, I'll step on your toes. You want the same dream as me? No. I, I'm, I'm going to find a way to step on your toes so I can get in front of you. Right to see this casting director. I'm not going to help you out. Don't ask me to, to read lines with you. Don't ask me to do a song. No. We are in competition, right? Mm. But in Northern California, Bay Area, right? Everyone has those same dreams as Southern California, but the difference is like, oh, you want to be an actor? Yo, let's, let's, let's read these lines together. Mm-hmm. You're an artist. Let's work together. Let's do a song together. Like, Bay Area, they will help you. Like, We'll help each other out to try to strive for greatness. But in Southern California, it's cutthroat. It's kind of like New York. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like, no, nigga, we, we aren't, we're in competition. You're my competitor. Because if they of, notice you, they ain't going to notice me. I can see that even though that I don't, I don't know a lot of people or artists from L.A. Mm. I can see where that may probably from gang I don't know. But you know what? L.A., though, one thing when I was young that I see now that I'm really happy about L.A. is that I see Bloods and Crips being able to do a lot of music together. You know, I mean, it was some of that going on in, at Death Row, but like, you know, like Nipsey and YG yeah. doing music and stuff like that. Uh, the Game and Blueface. Shout out to The Game and Blueface. You know what I'm saying? They do, you know. Well, are they really Bloods and Crips? Yeah. Or are they just, uh, is that just the image? I wouldn't testimony. I know real Bloods in L.A. I mean, because I have Chris Brown says he's a blood. Soldier Boy says he's a well, blood. Well, I'm just talking. Well, the re- do you know the difference between Chris Brown and uh, Soldier Boy? The, the, what do you mean, the difference? We, yeah, between the game and Blueface. No, I'm just saying they're these, from LA. Yeah, but I'm saying I'm saying <laughs> I'm just talking about Soldier LA. Boy is walking around saying, "Nigga, I'm from 
this blood. No, I'm just talking about these... bloods and crips from LA. But if you want yeah. to talk about that, we could talk about that. Shout no, but out. he says he's from a neighborhood. He's from a gang in LA, so, and he says so, it. So, so, basically, so, what I'm saying is. <laughs> <laughs> so this is what I gotta tell you. Okay. It's bloods in New York. Of course, it's bloods everywhere. It's bloods and crips in New York. Did motherfucking Soldier Boy? He really might be. I don't know. Mm. This is what I'm telling you. Ice Cube got a song called Summer Vacation, and it talks about how they packed their shit up from L.A. and mm-hmm. went to St. Louis and set up shop and started selling dope and got some motherfuckers out there to start claiming gangs. Mm-hmm. You know, when motherfuckers leave from L.A. or wherever the fuck they is, that's how gangs spread, start putting motherfuckers on. Dope, mm-hmm. you could be way from a whole different area claiming a block that you never even fucking seen based on the motherfucker that put you on. Mm-hmm. Say, like... And another thing motherfuckers be doing, say like um, the motherfucker that puts you on, you take damn near their last name, I think. Mm. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I go back to the WAC 100 ideology. You know who WAC 100 is? WAC 100, yeah. yeah. Whack one, that nigga whack says, <laughs> nigga, Bloods, LA, if you in New York saying Blood, don't talk to me. I I respect the bloods in LA because that's where it originated. That's where the real bloods are. We ain't talking to you New York niggas talking about some blood. Man, you wouldn't have said that to them twenty motherfuckers that came down there on that subway with them red North faces. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say it. But I ain't no gang member. Yeah, yeah, I'm not into gang politics. I mean, (laughs) (laughs) shit. I mean, I grew up. I grew up uh, with a family. Who yeah, were yeah. Uh, in in gangs? Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, 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 Peblos. Yeah, five dudes Peblos in L. A. Nineteen ninety seven. I seen about thirty motherfuckers. They was clean and a motherfucker. Mm-hmm. They was bloods though. They was clean though. They had a. You know how like they was dressed though, clean. Them motherfuckers had on some Jordans with some red and black North faces. Mm-hmm. They was like Puerto Ricans or some shit. I think if I remember correct, yeah. it's like twenty seven years. But ago. But gang banging is not the same as when we were when we were children. It's become. It's become. It's when anything that has became anything that black people do that becomes mainstream, when I say mainstream, meaning the white people adopt it, it's become it, it, it becomes saturated and uh, it, it's not the same. Gang banging, uh, the word nigga. Like, That's why you use it so much. I don't. I mean, I. You don't think you use nigga? Me a lot? personally, I only use nigga. Uh, I would say this. I only use nigga around black people. I would never have a conversation with a white dude and be like, yo, nigga, what's up, nigga? (laughs) Why not? Because that gives, that will give them the feeling like, yo, maybe I, I, if he's, if he's comfortable saying this around me, maybe he doesn't care if I say it. And first of all, he's not. So why would I even talk to him like, yo, what's up, nigga? Blah, 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 blah. Because I don't want to make a white person feel comfortable enough to even utter that word. What if you me. make a black person feel uncomfortable saying? Do you care? Yeah, I care. So if but I that's, minister, that has never happened. If I was a representative with Minister Louis Farrakhan and shit like that, you'd just nigga me to I would not. No, hell no. First of all, I would not even come into conversation. If I was having a conversation with a person from the, uh, from the NOI... I wouldn't. Uh, I wouldn't even go into that with with oh, so saying you, that. Oh, so you have an off switch. Hell so you yeah. just assumed that I was just the nigga you love to hate. Up. No. You just assumed you was gonna nigga me to death, huh? <laughs> <laughs> have I been saying it a lot? 
Yes, you've said it at least 50 times. Mm. Okay. That offends you? I, I would choose to use different language. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't want to ask you a question. <laughs> yeah. Learning, okay. Ah! <laughs> 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 All right, so the music. Okay. We get past the music, right? When did you I mean you weren't doing music full time. This wasn't your money, man. Did you have like a, a job, a nine to five? No, no. I mean I've been having a job. I've always worked, man. I've always worked and stuff like that. Mm. To be honest. I don't really even think, I think I make good music, but I haven't really gave it my all, 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 where it's just nothing. I just, I just sleep, think, and do it all day mm. since probably like 97, 98, mm. 99. After I had my first son, I really started focusing on that, but I was still making music and respectively getting better. You were just doing it as like a hobby? No hobby. Just making good music. Okay. But I never really took, like, my thing is this. I didn't take time to learn the business, right? You got to mm. take time to learn the business, too. Mm. And then the world was changing. You got to realize about the time 2010 hit, was people still buying CDs? No. Wasn't CDs fizzling out around that time? 2010? Yeah. So probably. Somewhere around there. Mm. So now it's the CD era versus the streaming. Because that's when, uh, when, did Napster and, uh, when did Napster come on the scene and LimeWire? That's when CDs started fizzling down. I don't know. That was probably, yeah, that was probably around 2010, Because Soldier Boy is, shout out to so Soldier Boy. Oh, yeah, when, he put like that, when he put that, crank that Soldier Boy on the internet. Ringtones, yep. Yeah, but it was, it, was, it was that first, then the ringtones. Soldier Boy is in the top 30 to 40. No, top 50, but I don't know where to put them. Most important hip hop figures. Mm, I agree with that. That's a bad motherfucker. And he was a kid doing that shit. Mm-hmm. That's a bad motherfucker, man. Mm-hmm. That's the difference between uh, artists these days, these youngsters now, is because they're more business-minded. Back then, when rappers and artists, right, were, fuck, were, were coming up, they weren't as business-minded uh, as the youngsters now, and I think that's where uh, the jealousy comes from. Because you, when you see, not all, but a lot of old-school rappers, they talk down on like the new old mumble rap and like Lil Uzi Vert. I don't see it, or like Soldier Boy, not even Soldier Boy, but uh, Playboy, Car like a bunch of like youngsters who are independent. But own everything and making millions, going on tours, selling out arenas. Mm -hmm. And they're business minded. And the old schools are like, oh, dang. I had three, uh, three, uh, three contracts and they all were shitty. Well, look at it like this. It's just like that as like, like you said, you said something very, very deep early. When things become mainstream, right? Mm -hmm. So imagine it. Imagine being a basketball player that had 11 rings, mm. right? 11 championships, right? But years later, it's a motherfucker that having won one ring that's getting paid more than you. Shout out James Harden. Bill Russell has 11 rings. Mm. He died having 11 or 12 rings, something like that. I think he had, he had 11 rings. 
right? He had 11, yep. Mm-hmm. So imagine how hard it would be for somebody that has 11 rings to coach some people that don't have no rings and make significantly more money. Mm-hmm. Because now things are about money now. You're back in the day, you was a tight rapper if you could, you was a tight hip hop artist if you knew how to DJ, break dance, graffiti, or rap. If you know how to do those really, really good, right? The essentials of hip-hop, yes. Now they say that you're a tight rapper if you got money. Gucci belt. This, mm-hmm. this. You're rapping about money. Mm-hmm. You know? That's what made Nas so raw and Tupac so raw. They actually made good songs, good songs, talked about having money. They covered a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? They covered... Well, yeah. I don't... Yeah. But but I, I I disagree with that. But go ahead. You disagree with what part? Well, the fact that uh, I think Tupac was so beloved was not because of his music, it was because of his him as a person. People fell in love with him as a person. It's like Muhammad Ali. The reason why everyone says Muhammad Ali is the greatest athlete of all time is not because of his boxing. Because if it was if the greatest athlete of all time to me is Michael Jordan. But the reason why people say Muhammad Ali is the greatest of all time is not because of his boxing, is because his philanthropy, the fact that he went against the government and uh, lost his titles and then went, went to jail, standing up for what he believed in. It's the other stuff. The reason why Bill Russell is celebrated is not because the 11 rings. Because when you talk about Bill Russell, you don't talk about his 11 championships because those 11 championships was against this nigga was going against people white boys who were five feet and this nigga was like seven feet. But so people, people don't go against people don't talk about it. they talk about Bill Russell and yeah go go ahead. I don't give a shit. Huh? Are we on camera? Yeah we on camera. Oh. But you know Bill just just throw it right there. Bill people when they talk about Bill Russell, they don't talk about basketball. Every time someone talks about Bill Russell, what do they talk about? Everything that he was doing away from the court. You know what I'm saying? Because he was he was playing basketball in Boston, which That's is right. like racist as fuck, and he was the only nigga going to, in an all basically an all white league. So they uh, so that's why I feel like Pac. When you talk about Pac, like Pac wasn't saying shit that no other rapper was. Well, Pac wasn't saying shit that rappers weren't talking about. Public Enemy was talking about the same shit. But watch this though. But people love people love Pac because. What was he? He was authentic. He was real. The nigga shot some white boys because he was driving by and he saw some white boys that's, beating that's up a, a black dude. And then he hopped out. That's real. Who, Niggas fell in love who with had, that. Who had a song like Brenda had a baby before Brenda had a baby? Nigga, everybody. Who? I mean, I'm pretty sure if I research it, they'll... Well, then you can't... Then it doesn't count. And here we cite sources like college. You can say it, but if you can't size a sword, it don't mean shit. So you're, t- you're telling me Pac was the only one who was talking about that? I'm saying that his first album, do you know what his first album was? Or because he was uh, popular. Do you, know first, do you know what his first album was? I do. I don't know the name of it, though. Then you can't cite the source. I can, though. Okay. It's Tupacalist now. It sold a million, yeah, yeah, it sold a million copies. Mm-hmm. And had like 11 that, songs or some shit, right? Huh? Had like 11 or some songs. It was a it? great album. Mm-hmm. It was a great album coming right after the the... the Right before the Death Row era. Mm. People don't... Yo, well, he had, he had multiple albums before Death Row. That's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. But when I say the Death Row era, I'm talking about the Chronic. Mm-hmm. Because the Chronic actually changed the rap music. 
Dre changed rap music twice. Mm. From Niggas With Attitude and uh, Easy and all the motherfuckers in 87. Then he changed it again, right? In 1992. Because after 1992, that new Jack Swing shit was out. Mm. You get what I'm saying? The Chronic. So then now you got Tupac with... Who got a song about their mama? Dear Mama. Nobody. Want me to tell you what Tupac does better than any other rapper? He takes complex, complex motherfucking ideas and situations and topics and makes them very simple. The difference between Nas and Tupac, and Nas is one of my favorite rappers, Nas raps for people that really like rap, hip-hop enthusiasts, and other rappers. Tupac raps for everybody. You don't even have to like rap to like Tupac. Uh, yeah, exactly. Tupac, to me, if you wanted to create the perfect rapper, sex appeal, style, niggas want to be him, bitches want to fuck him, a nigga that would be like, fuck you, bitch, and they'd be like, girl, don't take that from a man. In the same sentence, that's Tupac. Watch this. And I'm glad you said that because I broke it down the other day and I'm glad you said this shit. <laughs> Tupac makes being black and cool and talking about some tight shit, not in their full capacity, but make being black and smart from the ghetto cool like Nas, mm. right? Make you feel like DMX a little bit at the same time. Mm. Kick some player shit like Too Short. Gangster and spiritual like Scarface. Gangster and political like Ice Cube and kind of like just represent California kind of in the likeness of Snoop. Tupac has a song, Dear Mama, like you said, talking about his mom, praising her. And then he has another song where he says, I blame my mother for turning my brother into a crack baby. You know what I'm saying? The nigga was complex. That's right. Because everything is part of the, everything is part of the main puzzle. Mm. No matter how big or small the puzzle is, I mean, the piece of the puzzle is, it's still going to puzzle. Mm. He didn't leave shit unturned where he was like, he was an open book. Mm. You know, I think that's what's tight about some artists. Like, that's what I like about Nas. He's hella mysterious. That's what I like about Andre 3000. Yeah. When you think about Bay Area hip hop, staying on music, give me the three. No, not even three. I don't want to hear three. Give me the, the main person. Who do you think is uh, the most influential in the Bay Area hip hop? Two motherfuckers. And why? Short. And, and tell me why. Too short. For one, okay. For one, he's been doing it the longest. Right? Mm -hmm. Too short is essentially. You but you don't take it in you don't take into account uh that Too Short is from Atlanta, not the Bay Area. Let me tell you something. Too short is from Oakland. Okay. Too short, the product too short mm. is manufactured in Oakland. Okay. Is Michael Jordan a basketball? I'm just asking the no, questions, no, nigga. No, I'm asking. Okay. Is Michael Jordan's shoe an American shoe? It's a global shoe, yeah. But it represents Michael Jordan from America, but his shoe is made in China. You don't say they're Chinese shoes, mm. right? The product, Too Short, is manufactured in Oakland. He became Too Short in Oakland. Okay. Right? 
Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers always want to kick this. Do you believe in Jesus? No. Okay. You've heard of him now, right? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I ain't going to go there with you. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, yeah, because I could go there. Yeah, we but, uh, could, but I'm saying. But, uh, yeah, Too Short is manufactured in Oakland, man. And why? And you know what? People need to knock that shit off. Black people been traveling. I just... Continue, like, what, no, like, but continue, niggas, continue your definition of why you think he's the most influential. I just ask, do you take that into account that he's not born in, in the Bay Area? And you're saying no. Okay, no. so go. All right, boom. So, All right, short, so now why do you think he's most influential? For one, he was one of the first motherfuckers cussing. <laughs> Bitch is so motherfucking, he made that shit into a pet name after a while. Bitch is a pet name now. Mm. It went from disres- the evolution of the word bitch. It went from disrespectful to a pet name. Like I said, he's been doing it the longest. He has the most. He's like the godfather of the Bay. And on top of that, he's the most. He's one of the most respected by other top tier artists. He has a song with Scarface, Jay Z, Biggie, and Tupac. Mm. That's goat shit. Mm-hmm. He's like. On the pantheon of hip-hop gods. Too short. Like, if you had to put them all at the table, like from the 80s, LL Cool J, Too Short is essentially selling you the same shit that LL Cool J is selling you, right? Except Too Short, uh, LL Cool J can come in the front door. Hey, hey, is, uh, is, is Sheila here? Yeah, come in, Todd. You know what I'm saying? And he gets to sit down. Right, but too short is the nigga that can't come. <laughs> that can't come over when your mama home. This nigga got to climb through the window. Mm. They're both selling the same shit, mm-hmm. but it's just the rapping. Mm. Have you ever met too short? Yeah, I met too short. <laughs> I met too short. Shout out to short. How was the first time you met too short? How was it? Too short doesn't remember the t- first time I met too short. I worked at a gas station. When I was little, my brother got me the job when I was little because I just. But before you answer that question, have you ever heard that Jake Cole song, uh, Where Your Idols Become Your Rivals? You mean Rick Ross? No, J. Cole. Idols Become Rivals? Mm hmm. It's basically a song where he's saying uh, he looked up to somebody and then he met them and it wasn't, it wasn't what it was. That's Rick Ross. No, that's J. Cole. Nine. All right. <laughs> so. All right, continue with your story. <laughs> All right, man. We're going to have to look that <laughs> shit up, man. You crazy motherfucker. That's J. Cole, nigga. Trust me. What did Rick Ross got one, too? Where your idols become rivals? Because he was talking about Birdman. Yeah, that was a diss. But J. Cole has another song where he's talking about, uh, I believe, Jay-Z. Okay. Got but it. yeah, but anyway. Okay, so yeah, when I, um, when I met Too Short... He had a step side. He had a truck, if I remember correct. This is 1990, motherfucker. One, finna be two. Tupac just yeah. came out, and I was working, and I was working a cash register. I might have been 12 years old. Mm. I said, can I help you? And I knew exactly who it was, because I've seen him on TV. He said, can I get five on number eight? In that voice. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> wow. can I get five on number eight? Mm. And then he filled this shit up and left. Uh, another time, I, I just seen him. Shout out to Zoda Rosa. Rest in peace to Zoda Rosa. Rest in peace. You you know you ever met Zoe? No, I'm just saying. So, so oh yeah, shout out to Zoe. I uh, I was gonna do an interview with Zoe, and he said, "Yo, hey, oh, hey, oh, I gotta get too short, too short, man. He in town, so too short came in. 
he did an interview and stuff like that. Because I ended up doing an interview that set off a trail of events uh, with Chris Hicks. Mm. And then, you know, so Too Short was part of the the uh, trajectory of the wave of we need to hear what really happened. Mm. Too Short is a cool motherfucker, though, man. I can listen. I love the way that he actually answers questions. Have you ever heard how he answers questions? No. Masterful. Mm. You ever interviewed him? No. Mm. I would love to interview Too Short. Okay. Me too. Do you think Too Short is more influential than MC Hammer? When it comes to the Bay. Oakland, specifically. Yeah. I will. MC Hammer. Yeah, because a lot of people... Uh, that was my first introduction in well, hip-hop. I like, I like MC, MC Hammer. Hammer. MC Hammer is the MC Hammer is the shit. You know what I'm saying? MC Hammer was like the rap version of... He, that nigga was big as Hulk Hogan. A lot of people don't know how big MC Hammer was unless you were like uh, uh, 80s baby. Yeah. MC Hammer was huge. MC Hammer is... MC same. Hammer was like fucking... Uh, if I can compare it to any fucking artist now, the nigga, the nigga was like Taylor Swift. Yes. That's like, a- say like there's a VIP full of motherfuckers that just sell diamond records. Mm-hmm. He's in that VIP section. You know, with the likenesses of Tupac's and, and all the VIP mega motherfuckers. Say there's a place where mega motherfuckers, there's the club, then there's VIP, then there's VIPP. This nigga's in VIPP. So, knowing that, how can you say Too Short is... How can you say MC Hammer is not... How can you say Too Short is more influential than MC Hammer? When MC Hammer was, like, the first celebrity hip-hop, like, megastar, and he was from Oakland. Because we're talking this is a marathon, not a sprint. Mm, okay. Okay? Mm-hmm. Prime example. You're a straight man, right? Of course. Okay, so you could fuck with a girl, right? I mean, fuck with a woman. You got to be careful around this motherfucker. You could fuck with a fuck woman. with a bitch, nigga. You ain't, 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 now, see, ain't, that's too short. That's too short. <laughs> that's too short. <laughs> we, ain't, we ain't scared to say what it was, what you it is. You could fuck with a chick, right? You got chicks that you actually fucked with for that you really liked for a short period of time. Then you had chicks that actually stood the test of time, yes. and it's a difference. Mm-hmm. Pinnacle. Nothing is fucking with MC Hammer, but long-wise, Too Short has been doing this shit since 84 to now. Mm. Right? Mm. Name five rap albums that you really, 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 really like. Matter of fact, fuck that. Snoop, Tupac, Snoop, Tupac, MC Breed, Jay-Z, Biggie, and Too Short got songs with them. I don't have, he doesn't have, MC Hammer doesn't have songs with them. I'm Mm. more likely to hear a young motherfucker like Nicki Minaj or something do a song with Too Short, then, mm. you know, because MC Hammer yeah. had his time, but don't get it twisted. If, I, if it was an MC Hammer concert, I would go. Mm-hmm. However, I've been to a Too Short concert, and it could be a chick in there that's 22 mm. with her mama that's 40 with the grandmama that's 58. That was no Too Short shit. They all at the fucking same party. Mm. Yeah, I fuck with Too Short, too. I mean, I don't... I might get hell for this, but I don't like the way Too Short raps. But I respect him as a man, and the fact that he has been in a industry through the test of time 
And just like you said, he's done music with like some of the people that people think are gods in the rap uh, industry. So I respect him for that. But his his way of rapping is not my vibe. Well, you're from the East Coast. Mm-hmm. All that lyrical, miracle, spiritual, curical, durical, that's not too short. Yeah, I mean, of course, yeah. You know, that's not too short. But I got to ask you this question. Do you put Twista in the top 50 rappers of all time? Twista? Yeah. In the top 50? Yeah. yeah. In the top 50, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What's it got to do with Too Short? Because Twista is selling a lot of the same shit Too Short selling just fast. Mm. Twista is selling pimping. Mm-hmm. Just like Too Short is. Mm-hmm. I honestly put Sugar Free above Too Short. And, D- and DJ Quick above Too Short. Well, DJ Quick is more of a gangbanger and a huge musician. Mm-hmm. I mean, when he was younger. But he's a player, too. Do you put... He's a fucking player. Do you put player. Too Short above them, too? Yes. Okay. But I put them respectively different. I don't even put DJ Quick in that. DJ Quick is like the Raphael Sadiq of rap music. Yeah. Like... When you talk about a musical motherfucker, mm. this motherfucker DJ Quick would play some shit. I didn't know that motherfucker man made all that shit on uh, uh, the first album, Quick as the Name. Mm-hmm. DJ Quick is a bad motherfucker, man. But motherfuckers that's that age, they used to do karate and, and, and play <laughs> instruments. Them old motherfuckers. Yeah. Them old motherfuckers from the old school, they played instruments. They knew how to box and... They were like men, men. You know what I'm saying? Who's your top five uh, hip hop artists of all time? Hip hop artists or rappers? What's the difference? MC Hammer is a hip hop artist. Okay. Black Thought is a rapper. Mm. Tupac is a hip hop artist and rapper. Matter of fact, Black Thought is a hip hop artist too. I take that back because he does a lot mm. of shit that that encompasses hip hop. Well, isn't <laughs> Isn't hip hop the tree? Yeah, and then just, and, then, and then uh, rap is just a branch off the hip hop tree. Yeah, but you know what I'm saying. But hip hop artists could include Nate Dogg. Do you consider Nate Dogg a rapper? No, but he's a hip hop artist. I consider him an R and B singer. <laughs> I take that back. I don't consider Nate Dogg. I, I Nate Dogg is weird because this nigga all he did was like verse, uh, like choruses. He, he made he made one album, so. But whatever. He's a hip, but I'm trying to show you what a hip hop artist is. Yeah. Quest Love is a hip hop artist. He doesn't rap. He's a drummer. That's your boy. Mm. <laughs> I met Quest Love. He's. Yeah, the nigga so, be out here all the time. So the thing about hip hop artists, you got to be careful because hip hop artists mean that you participate in hip hop, right? Rapper mm. mean you specifically rap. But then Drake is a hip hop artist too. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So uh, when you say hip hop, you're talking about like like you named earlier, uh, break dancing, graffiti. That's all hip hop. Like different stages, MCN and all that bullshit, DJing. That's all hip hop. Well, rapping is something different, and rapping is part of hip hop. Yes, like I can't consider somebody that's just straight rapping. Yeah. Right. Dang, it's kind of hard to explain what I'm saying, but since I said it, I gotta explain it. A hip-hop artist just means somebody that actually does hip-hop. So, like, when we're talking, you ask me my favorite five hip-hop artists. If I said Questlove, Nate Dogg, right, Mm -hmm. Dr. Dre, right, Mm -hmm. The RZA, right, and Nas, then I wouldn't be wrong. Mm -hmm. Because they're hip-hop artists. They do hip-hop. They just don't rap. 
Now, if you ask me uh, who my favorite rappers are, right, I would, you know, uh, Tupac, Nas. Tupac, Nas. Uh. Well, hold on, hold on. I got to piss. We're going to take a break real quick. Okay. Uh, your favorite hip-hop art. Well, rappers, your favorite rappers. Your top five. Okay, my top five. Uh, Tupac. Snoop, too short. Is this in order? Mm-mm. Okay. The ones that I think are the best. Tupac, Nas, Q, Snoop, and maybe a Biggie or Lil Wayne or maybe, I don't know. Mm. Do you have a number one? Out of those five, one, which out of one those of five, the person that I may listen to and go to the most may be uh, Tupac. The one Tupac. I go to the most may be Tupac. I agree. I agree Tupac is the number one hip-hop artist of all time. I mean, rap artist of all time. Because of all the shit that I said earlier. He's like, if you wanted to create a fucking artist that... That's him. He had everything. And DMX was like his, basically his son, basically, to me. Yeah. See, it's funny, though, because DMX had a lot of feeling in his, in his music and a lot of passion, right? Mm. So, essentially, like, you take part of DMX, you take part of Nas, somebody that could actually make you feel like, talk about some... Some some shit like Nas, but dumb it down and make you feel like DMX at the same time. Mm-hmm. Cause some of that shit DMX used to be talking about was a motherfucker. I mean, it was in a dark place. That was some. Oh yeah. DMX. Is DMX the- was Tyson when Tyson first came on the scene. Raw, gritty, robbing niggas like I, I sleep in the alley, nigga. Yeah. Yeah, you know what's funny? Do you like 50 Cent? I liked him when he first came out, yeah. 50 Cent is one of my goats, though. Mm, oh, yeah, he is a goat. 50 yeah. Cent? I like, but I knew about 50 Cent before he, he popped on the scene nationally. I, the nigga used to come out with mixtapes that are basically like albums, and his mixtapes were better than the music that he came out with. But, like, I don't know if you guys had it on the West Coast, but on the East Coast, this nigga was coming out with uh, mixtapes all the time. So that's how he, he blew up, because his mixtapes were like the shit. Yeah, yeah, the uh, the holy, uh, the ghetto Quran. Mm-hmm. The ghetto Quran, yeah. Yeah. You know what's funny, though? I thought Ja Rule was just okay when I was younger, like in 2000, 2000, 2001. Yeah. Now that I'm older, I love the fuck out of Ja Rule. <laughs> Nigga Ja Rule's like one of the biggest artists back in the day. Ja Rule is the fucking shit. Yeah, when that nigga starts singing, he he created a whole wave. That singing shit. That's right. Yeah. Ja Rule is the shit. Uh uh, what are your favorite three Ja Rule songs? Uh my favorite Ja Rule song was number one is uh New York, New York. Uh two is uh it's not even is 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 murderers, murder inc on the it's it's a comp 
It's a heard of that. No, no. Uh, if we don't give a fuck, throw your middle finger up. It was that song, and you oh. probably never heard it, but it's on. It's a, it's a compilation album that they did, Murder okay. Inc. And uh, that song, that's number two. Shit, number three is. Uh, Is uh, off the Murderers album as well with him and Charlie Baltimore and Ashanti. Mm. On some like uh, it was they were rapping, but it's on the, it's not it's it's not on his uh, solo album. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. See, my favorite three Ja Rule songs: the one with him and Bobby Brown. Oh yeah, that's raw too. The one with him and Case. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm talking about? Him do and Case. I do. Yeah. What? Because yeah. he did. I do. Yep, yep. We gotta live it up. Yeah, yeah. The, the, them, them two. That's three and two. But my number one is caught up. Seen caught up for me. I'm feeling you with Lloyd. Yes. Man. Okay. That shit. I remember who I was fucking with. Matter of fact, I remember she was fucking with me. Yeah. That Bobby Brown one was raw. Yeah, that Bobby Brown. Don't make it more. Dude, Bobby Brown was on. That nigga was high as fuck on that video. You He's can tell. He's always high. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Bobby, man. Shout out, Shout to, out Bobby. to Bobby. Come on the podcast, nigga. Bo- Bobby was a uh, Bobby to me was essentially the first version of R. Kelly to me, as far as like the R and B. No, listen to me. The R and B sex appeal, doing nasty dances and shit, bringing chicks on stage and stuff like that. Now is R. Kelly 2.0, uh, for, uh, uh, R, uh, Bobby Brown was damn near like the king R and B when he came out. Hmm, I got I got to disagree about that. Bobby Brown's run was short, and it wasn't it wasn't that influential as people think. He was popular, yes, but that nigga was not the man. You got to think of back then, nigga. R and B was like the top music. So I got niggas wasn't niggas wasn't checking for hip hop. You had R and B. You had so when Bobby Brown came out, what was fucking with Bobby Brown? This is gonna be your answer is gonna kill me. When did Bobby Brown come out? What year? When was that? In the eighties? What year? I have no idea. 87, 88. 88. Well, you had boys to men. Now, the funny you thing had, about that, those are his nephews. Musically, those are his nephews. You had another bad creation. And those are his nephews. You had... You had... Uh, BBD. Boys and Men. BBD. Yep, yeah, BBD. So had, them would be his brothers. You had uh, Jodeci. You had Shy. You had Silk. Nugget. Those are later. Those are the 90s, bro. That's when Bobby Brown came out. 87, I 87, said. 87, oh, yeah. So, I what would it tell you what Bobby Brown? What would it tell you difference between Bobby Brown and the other people that you uh, name was? Tell me. You really don't know, huh? The difference? Yes. What? Because he was solo. Thank you. So how the fuck can you compare one nigga to a band of niggas and half the niggas that you half the niggas that you name was niggas that 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 his brothers? What about BDD Tevin Campbell? Out? What about Tevin Campbell? What about him? Was he around during that time? Yep. Okay. Was what about uh name three Tevin Campbell? Well, you're talking songs. about 87. I gotta really think. I gotta name really three think. Tevin Campbell songs. <laughs> Danny, it ain't valid. You gotta cite <laughs> sources around this motherfucker. Sources. Well, what's what's popping right now? What did they do a whole TikTok challenge 
Tevin Campbell. Tevin Campbell's still relevant right now, nigga. Let me tell you something. That's the difference. Bobby Brown. I can name four songs that it was popular. Yes, you could. Yes. Yeah. You've heard Tenderoni. Yes. But the youngsters, the niggas on TikTok controls the music industry, believe it or not. Okay. Okay. So I never seen no Bobby Bound challenge. That nigga said Bobby. That nigga said Bobby Bound. (laughs) (laughs) That nigga said Bobby Bound. (laughs) I've seen a Tevin Campbell challenge, yes. Okay. Yeah, okay. all them hoes, all everybody was doing that shit. Okay. Okay, we, made we, Tevin Campbell still we relevant. We were just talking about who was popping in 1987. Okay, well, Tevin Campbell about. was popping in 1987. He was, but not as hard as Bobby Brown. Okay, of course not. Not as hard as Bobby Brown. Of course you got to look at this. New edition is hip hop. I mean, not hip hop is is um uh, they're the music, first. They're music, the first group, uh, far as R&B royalty. group. Yeah, they yeah they were. There's the, there was you know there was they were the first to do it as far as these R&B groups. Yes, they were supposed to be the second version of Jackson Five. That's who they were supposed. Yeah, to be. but they don't compare to Jackson Five. They don't. But okay, let's they're a good. I'm, glad, I'm glad. I'm glad we agree on that. I was, good, about to, I, was about to, I was about to end this interview. But they're a damn good follow up. But they don't compare. A follow up ain't shit. I'm talking about a compare. Jackson 5 was on a whole nother level, nigga. Of course, they were. Mm. But they all had respectively good solo careers and done a lot for the industry. Yeah, that's what I would say. The difference between them and the Jackson 5 is new addition. When them niggas, they had individuals talent. That's right. Jackson 5 is just one nigga. No, it's not. I mean, something else came I mean, out I'm there. talking about after. Like, yeah. nigga, I didn't hear no solo album from Tito. Well, you still got... You right. You right. But, but you, I heard a solo album from Johnny Gill. But you still got to realize, even though the Janet wasn't part of the Jackson 5, she's still off that tree, too. And well, she's of course, yeah. She's fucking she the, huge. She's the family, yeah. She's mega. She's essentially the first Beyonce. Yeah. I think she's... Uh, Janet Jackson is the first Beyonce. Mm-hmm. You got to realize this. There's something called prototypical groups, right? So prototypical, when they had the new edition, mm-hmm. then they had new kids on the block. In hip-hop, right? They had Run DMC. Then they had the white version, Beastie Boys. Then they had the fat version, the Fat Boys. Then they had the girl version, Salt and Pepper. Then mm-hmm. they had the young solo version, LL Cool J. I think Public Enemy was after Run DMC. Was- no, I said prototype. Prototype. That's what I'm saying. I think think Public Enemy was Run DMC's prototype. No. They're completely different. How Mm. is Chuck D and them like Run DMC? It ain't even two niggas rapping. True. It's one nigga walking around with a clock. They don't even dress alike. The other groups dressed alike. True. Fat niggas dressed like fat niggas. Mm. Salt and Pepper dressed alike. Mm. LL dressed just like Run DMC, but he was young and skinny and... He was the solo young version of them. Why do you think Mac Dre is so important to the Bay Area? Mac Dre is so important to the Bay Area because that's like saying, why is the Joker so important to Gotham City? Well, I mean, well, niggas don't know. You know what I'm saying? Imagine you're speaking to a nigga in Chicago or, or, I'm speaking or, or, to the niggas in or Chicago, a, a nigga in fucking uh, 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 North Carolina, you know what well, I'm saying? Or okay. in Singapore. So, Mac Dre had a huge fan base, and he was an underground king, right? He was an underground king. He went to jail, didn't snitch, and he had a funny rap style. So, the best way that I could actually describe Mac Dre is if Humpty Hump 
wrapped with guns, drugs, and dope on it. If you liked Humpty Hump, you'll like Mac Dre. That doesn't tell me why he was important. He was fun. There was a whole bunch of niggas who rapped, didn't snitch, went to jail, blah, blah, blah. Why was Mac Dre specifically? What about him? He was fun. Mm-hmm. He was fun like Humpty Hump, except he was gangster music. So the, 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 the reason people worship him out here is just because he was fun? No, I'm trying to get to the meat and potatoes. That can't be the reason. Because there's a lot of fun niggas out here. Like who? Humpty Hump, like you just said. How come Humpty, Humpty, how come Humpty Hump is, is not uh, the same, considered the same as Mac Dre? Humpty Hump is large as fuck. The Humpty, yep. dance is, the Humpty Dance is a huge hip-hop record. But do you think Humpty Hump is considered on the same level as far as respect and like uh, notoriety as Mac Dre? They know who the fuck Humpty Hump is way in the fuck China. Because, hold on. But, be, listen to me. <laughs> Go ahead. You do know Humpty Hump was on that song, um, I Get Around with Tupac. Yes. They associate Humpty Hump and Tupac. So mm-hmm. yes, Humpty Hump is one of the largest rappers that come out the But Bay. who do you think is more who you who do you think the Bay worships more? Humpty Hump or Mac Dre? The world worships Humpty Hump more. No, I'm talking about the Bay, not the world. The Bay? Maybe Mac Dre the new Okay, stuff. so why do you think that is though? I think that it was just his time. Personally, but- not 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 musically, because I'm not talking about music. What about him as a person? Did you know Mac Dre personally? I met him. You met him. So what about what time. about him personally? Because I'm saying if someone, if I was to die, right? Okay, you speaking negativity of your life. No, no. But if I was to die, and if you would have asked five of my closest niggas, what was so special about Jordan? They'll go into detail. Oh, damn, this nigga. Oh, well, I don't know him. Blah 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 blah. I don't know. I never met him. Really, I mean, I didn't know him personally. I met him one. I met him one time. Mm-hmm. I remember he had a sweatsuit on, and he kind of looked animated because he was tall and skinny. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? He had one of those orange, like fubu sweat sweatsuits with the big fat Albert on the back, or something like that. Okay. And I said, "What's up, man?" He was like, he, he had like a cool little. He had a swag that was new, but it was still kind of old because you know he was slim and stuff like that. What feeling did you get when you met him? It was just for a brief moment. It was like, what's up? I knew who he was. But the feeling that I got is that... uh, Like he was a real one or something? He just seemed like a down-nerve person. Mm, okay. I mean, because, you know, he wasn't like put up and put away like with a bunch of security. Mm. I seen him. He was on the corner at uh, Sweet Jimmy's. You know where the new parish is? Mm-hmm. That used to be called Sweet Jimmy. Okay. So he was on the corner. I was like, what's up? I don't know. It was just like a what's up thing, though. But he was cool, though. Mm. So when did you, you obviously were doing a music thing. When did this, uh, like this media shit start? 2018. 2018. Let me see. Yeah, 2018. It's five years, I think, today. Okay. How did it start? How did it start? Yes. Just pull up. I pulled up to Fame Media, and then we just started interviewing. Did you know the owner of Fame Media? Yeah, I told you that, Steve. Steve. So you just pulled up, like, Steve was like, yo, pull up? Yeah. Okay, and you pulled up? Pulled up. He started talking about it, then we just started recording. Was, was, was Steve looking for, like, a, a, a to create a podcast? Or? Yeah, yeah. He okay. asked me, did I uh, want to do a podcast? So Steve... 
was looking for a podcast and he had you in mind and he told you to pull up as the yeah. host. Okay. So Cuz I'm on Instagram, so I guess it he probably seen me on Instagram or something. So like it was that. basically like a test run. I mean, maybe maybe try well, to I know sneak him. Out. Okay. I've been knowing him. Mm. You know, I, I've been knowing Steve since the 90s. Okay. I know Steve since the 90s. So you start doing these uh these interviews, when did it become official? Like It was official when I sat down. First day. First day. Official when I sat down, motherfucker. <laughs> when is it official? It's like when you. <laughs> oh, <know>? shit. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, well, it's good to have connections, goddammit. I mean, you know, you either doing it or you not. Mm. Either she giving you some or she not. Either she like you or she don't. Yeah, well, I mean, well, you can get it, but can you can you continue to get it? That's the whole point. How many episodes you up to? I think I'm at, I'm at 102. Oh, okay. I ain't knocking. That's good. How long you been doing it? I launched uh, my company in 2019. Okay, you going? It's a marathon. Not a, I mean, I'm not where I where I, I need to be. To my shit, it's, a it's a marathon, not a sprint. That's you know what right. I'm saying? But you felt that though. You didn't give me no rebuttal, no pushback. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, man. Come on, man. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't. I mean, uh, this is one advice I can say to people who try to jump into this game. Don't jump into a thing and you go make money out the gate. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I mean, you you got to do it because you just love like doing it. Like I love talking to people, like getting to know like regular people. I don't. I'm not into like the celebrity shit. That's why it's called everyday celebrity. I interview like normal niggas that have. But I'm not a, a normal nigga. You're a normal nigga to me. When I say a celebrity, <laughs> I'm talking about like I. I not, there's nothing about me normal, nigga. <laughs> I could ask you a question that exactly. blow your motherfucking mind, nigga. That's why you didn't want me to ask. That's what why I'm you saying. didn't want me to ask you no questions because you're saying... melt your motherfucking ass. <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying yeah, I, I, I will rather talk to someone that I like. If I ask about your life, damn, I go. I'm going through the same shit. I don't want to talk to. Shout out to Dame Lillard. Love that nigga. But the nigga's making millions. He's living a lifestyle that I. I don't. He wasn't born that way. Yeah, of course, but I mean, he's he's so far gone. I mean, Dame Litter is a bad example. It's horrible example. Yeah, Rihanna. I don't want to interview Rihanna. She's living a lifestyle that she wasn't born that way. She grew up in poverty in Jamaica. But she's so far gone that she. If you I think ask, the bitch don't remember. What I'm saying is, <laughs> the bitch done went on millions of hundreds of interviews and been asked the same shit. I no. want to. I want to talk about the nigga that's. That's down the street from me, and I want to learn about his life because you never knew. I, 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 I talked to a nigga walking down the street. This nigga was in Vietnam War. Yeah. I want to hear about that. I don't want to hear about, oh, I, I was on a yacht in Miami, and I got a watch that's $200,000. 200, $200, I don't Rihanna give a fuck about really that. down earth, though. Shit. Does she? Yeah. Mm. Well, she might be, she might not, but I'm not interested in uh, talking you to her. You wouldn't interview Rihanna? Yeah, but the interview is going to be about trying to fuck. Not, I'm not. She ain't fucking with your black ass. Well, you never know, nigga. I do know. <laughs> <laughs> just like I know, she, just she, like I know, B's got grandparents, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> she ain't fucking with you, even if you kept it on the. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I would interview Rihanna. You but would try to fuck Rihanna even though that she married? No. But I would ask her questions that were probably she won't even ask her, so I wouldn't even interview. What question would you ask her? I don't know, just some shit that that uh fucking normal interviewers won't 
oh, you are scared to-, to ask. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I'll ask her about her family. You know, her family, like, she has... Her family is going through, like, legal problems and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? But a lot of people don't know that. And But you know that. Yeah, because I read on shit. And then, like, these celebrities, they go to interviews and then their publicist is like, oh, you can't ask this. You can't ask that. You can't ask this. I'm not like that. I'm going to just ask whatever the fuck I want to ask. Well, you know, my thing is, is I wouldn't ask her no too personal shit, but I would want to know where she came from. What was well, her that's personal, nigga. You got it. You got to get personal. That I want to know the meat and potatoes of a person, like, like, I, like me interviewing you. I'm asking you shit. I don't know if you ever been interviewed before, have you? Oh, excuse me, nigga. I, I, like I said, I don't do research on niggas. Have you been interviewed? Yes. Of course. Okay. So all the interviews have you done that you've done? Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure you get the same question. Oh. Where are you from? You're from Oakland. Who do you like in music? All this bullshit. But you know I'm saying we're having a conversation. I'm asking you shit that you probably never even has been asked before. That's yeah, probably yeah, that's probably why you skipped like the majority of my questions that I've asked. I haven't skipped any. You skipped seven questions. Like I've been counting. Which ones were they? You skipped seven questions. Well, I skipped how my age was just to fuck with you. you, you no, you, you, you skipped seven questions. You know what I've, what I been, said? I've been counting. Yeah. Yeah. I skipped that one for sure. Well, I told you from jump, like. Yeah. I skipped that one for sure. You skipped seven questions. But the fact that you skipped seven questions is because those are questions that probably you never been asked before. And you were like, okay. Or, or frankly, my, some of them might just not be your business. Okay. Well, th- that's the point. Yeah. That's the point. You have all but the. But that right- don't mean they never been answered. Well, you have all the right to skip whatever. That don't the mean fuck- they never been asked though. Okay, well, I'm pretty sure they you never. You know, been like asked. if a motherfucker say, "Uh, did you fuck baby?" Skip. <laughs> you ain't the only nigga that's asking me, "Did I fuck baby?" Because everybody want to okay. fuck baby. Okay, well. but skip. I'm just saying my <laughs> my interview style is is not like your the, interview the style normal is, interview style. It, it kind of reminds me of mine. Mm. It's very similar. But mine is more. You you tip the line. You tip the line. I'm not going to tip the line. Tip the line with what? Like you'll try to be respectful. I'll just ask, like very blunt. Of course, I'm gonna be respectful. I'm gonna be very blunt, and if you don't want to answer, that's fine. But I'm gonna I'm gonna still ask. Yeah, you might want to ask, but you're gonna be like, I I shouldn't ask this question. I mean, it depends on what we're talking about. If I'm talking to some gangsters, I'm not gonna be sitting up there asking them who the fuck they blasted. Mm. I ain't gonna be doing shit like that because me. I have, a, I have a responsibility to keep motherfuckers safe. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Motherfuckers might be in the middle of cases or politicking with a motherfucker or something like that. I ain't finna try to open no shit up for a couple of views and then a motherfucker might be in some street shit. Yeah. That's just not what I'm finna do because I know better than that. Yeah. And on top of that, I'm a real town fixture though. Mm-hmm. Like I'm out. I'm outside for real. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. yeah, I operate. And this is my city. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm born and raised here. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been to people's houses and know their families and shit like that. You know what I'm saying? I'm expected to keep people safe. I have a different, completely responsibility to motherfuckers just a nigga, than just a nigga with a microphone. Yeah. Does that make sense? Of These course. are my friends. These are my family. I 100% understand. And I'm a, I want to say I'm a street nigga. I'm a nigga that grew up in the hood, but is not hood. You understand that? No. A nigga that grew up around this shit, 
but just didn't partake in the shit. I was around it. My friends were doing it, yeah. but I was well-minded enough to be like, yo, I'm not going to fucking, I'm not going to break. I'm, my niggas was doing B&Es when we were, when we were younger. B&Es? Breaking and entering. Okay. Breaking in niggas' houses. And I was like, I did a couple, but I was in the mindset where like, yo, nigga, we getting older. That's right. If we get caught, nigga, it's a whole different shit than when we were 15 getting caught. You For know what I'm sure. saying? For nigga, sure. we 18 now. That's right. So I'm going to fall back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Street niggas who ain't street. You know what I'm saying? Who understand street politics, who understand gang politics, who understand how to maneuver in the hood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? But we ain't hood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's Yeah, and I'm I'm similar the same way. I just take pride being able to go everywhere without motherfuckers looking looking for me. Or me putting motherfuckers in bad positions just for this. No, I kind of do my thing, and Mm. I got good relationships with people Mm. and myself and life. Mm-hmm. That shit is important, man. Of course. Especially in the Bay Area, because it's, it's small. Now, exactly. Everybody know everybody. Like, I, I'm a dad. I hang out with my son and shit like that. I don't need nobody getting at me about no bullshit or something like that. Now, if a motherfucker want to come out and tell me, because certain motherfuckers just want to just tell you anyway. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You just let a motherfucker like that talk. I was in an interview with a motherfucker. This motherfucker damn near... I. You ain't gonna ask me. You ain't gonna ask me. What nigga I'm gonna tell you, nigga? I'm like, damn. I was sitting there the whole motherfucking time. Nigga, you ain't gonna ask me that, huh? Uh, so we just gonna skip over that, huh? Well, you you probably know the politics. That's why he said that. What you probably you? knew that nigga personally, and you knew what the fuck you were asking, what he was implying. Because he was probably involved in the shit. No, see. <laughs> That's, you sound like the niggas. You sound like the niggas that be watching. Look at her. You was probably involved in this shit. Oh shit! <laughs> you was probably involved in this shit. But any, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so you created a podcast. I created a podcast. You created a podcast. Let's talk about your podcast. Who was? I mean, obviously we we do the same thing, right? Who who? You don't have to name names, but have you ever had a, 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 a guest where it was an awkward interview? Where you were like, damn, I don't even know what to say to this nigga. I'm like, no. No? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Because it's just a regular conversation. Mm. And my thing is, uh, we have good conversations. We have good conversations. You know, and it's a freestyle. Mm-hmm. No, no questions prior or nothing. I have like, like I said, if I'm gonna interview, let's just say Mike Tyson, mm. I'm gonna have like a few questions, but I ask so many probing questions. I know how to probe really, really well. Mm. Throw a question out there. What's the follow up? Then they'll go back. Then we'll laugh about something. Then we'll move on. Then yeah. we'll come back. Yeah. Most definitely. What uh. What do you enjoy more, making music? I mean, you're a music musician, obviously. That was a certain time period of your life, and now you're in in the media space, right? In the, in the interview space. What do you enjoy more? Performing. Performing. Performing rap songs. Okay. I like that. Podcasting is cool, mm. but I like to talk. I like the podcast, like how we doing now. Yeah. Like we're actually going back and forth and we're actually coming up and having a good time and stuff like that. Cause mm-hmm. I just like to chop it up anyway. Mm-hmm. 
You know, making music is cool. It's your first love. Huh? Music is your first love? No. Talking to motherfuckers here. Okay. I like making music because I like talking. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I like talking, saying tight shit, getting the, you know, making shit up, you know, making people laugh, making people giggle, dropping jewels on motherfuckers, giving people some type of insight, something to think about and shit like that. Putting smiles on motherfuckers' face. That's what I'm about. What do you think is more difficult to do? Conducting an interview or uh, creating a song? You know what I thought you was going to say? Tell me. What's harder, conducting an interview or being interviewed? See, now that's, that's a cold one, but conducting an interview or making a song? Mm. Making a song is a thousand times harder. Why? Because just talking to somebody comes so natural. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you can overthink a song. Like, do you interview women? I interview everyone. So is it a difference interviewing women than men? Of course. Because, I mean, it's the difference between interviewing women and men. And then, and then if you want to dissect that alone, there's a difference between in, interviewing women that you find attractive than interviewing men. So women, and then if you find a woman attractive, that's a whole nother. Because I've had many, I have many, I have many interviews where I've interviewed attractive women and you know what I'm saying that you know what I'm saying happens you didn't say shit <laughs> what the fuck does that mean you know what I'm saying you know what I'm saying the niggas know what the fuck I'm talking about but go ahead it ain't I about mean me. no you're talking to these motherfuckers in Iceland they don't know what you're talking they know about. what I mean cause they they've been they've been listening to this shit they've been Nigga, shout mean? out to niggas in Madagascar we number one in Madagascar we was Holla. number eight in Liberia that's fine I appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> But answer the question though. I answered it. You didn't. You gave me a question, and I, I said, "I said it. I said, so you starting to get drunk and starting to no, forget." I'm good. You. I'm good, bro. You asked me what's harder to create a song or conduct the interview. Yes. And I said, and then you asked me a no, question. You yeah. said, "Did I ever interview women?" And I said, "Yes." Hold on, because you move fast. That drink is working. Mm-hmm. So uh, <laughs> I. Said, I said, conducting an interview is easier. You said, why? I said, creating a song is harder. I said, I'm a natural. I could talk natural. That's easy for me to do. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Conducting a song, that's a little bit harder. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if I go in there and already have in my mind what I want, but a lot of times what you think the song is going to sound like and you come out the studio, it doesn't sound like Mm -hmm. Who Who was your favorite person to interview? My favorite person to interview? Mm-hmm. Okay. It's about 10 of them. Can I just say, say a few of oh them? Oh, my God. Don't give me 10. Nigga. I said the, yeah, the best. Marshawn Lynch, Chris Hicks, Lil Rubber Band Bear, MC Pooh, Tajay Massey. Oh, my God. What's wrong with Tajay Massey? You know Tajay Massey? No, but I, I, I feel like you're just interviewing. You're just, you're just blurting out like famous people. They were my favorite interview. Why? That's what you should be asking next. That's what I said. Out of all them niggas you named, who was why? Who was the best? Marshawn Lynch was cool because we sat there. No, not we, cool. Who who was your favorite? You didn't even let me finish. No, because you say he was cool. I don't want cool. Who was your favorite person to interview that you had that you enjoyed the most talking to? 
I liked uh, liked all of them, but uh, let me see. Damn, I had some really good interviews. Yeah, I'm sure. I like sure. Little Rubber Band Bear was pretty cool. Little Rubber Band Bear. Explain to the people why. The Little Rubber Band Bear was talking about uh, pimping and shit like that. Now, uh, wait, 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 not to cut you off. Who was Rubber? Explain to the people who Rubber Band Bear is Lil and why ba- he was your favorite. Little Rubber Band Bear is a motherfucking <laughs> rapper. He got that song. Little <laughs> Little <Lil'> Rubber Band. <laughs> <laughs> little rubber, little L U L rubber crazy, band bear. That's a crazy name. Little rubber band bear is crazy. That motherfucker was, uh, he was talking about pimping and shit like that and creating music and uh, bitches, uh, how you gotta stay down. And you know, he was just talking about the game and it was cool. Mm. It was pretty tight. So that's why, you, that's why he's your favorite. It was one of them. Okay. It was one of them. I got favorites. No, favorite. I'm, when I say favorite, nigga, the best. Like I don't have a best. You don't have a best. Okay. I don't have a best. But Rubber Band Bear is what popped in your mind when I said that. Okay. Yeah, because you painted me in a corner because you act like you had a fucking attitude when I started naming some rich <laughs> niggas. Yeah, I don't give a fuck about the rich. I don't give a shit about... I just feel like... He I don't care about Marshall Lynch. You just... Mar- Everyone knows Marshall Lynch's story already. Everyone knows that. Yeah, but you didn't see the interview. Nigga, I watched the interview. You watched my interview with him? Yeah, I watched the interview. Nigga, I, I watched a couple of your shit. Nigga. Okay, all right. <laughs> this motherfucker <laughs> crazy. What the fuck are you drinking? Whiskey? No. What is that, Cognac? No, no, this is a James Bond shit. Hey, but Jack. I'm not drunk, trust me. No, I ain't I'm, an, I'm an old ass man. That shit ain't nothing to me. See, that's the problem. You should be drunk. Yeah, that ain't your first bottle in this That is, that is my first bottle. Oh, so you're just doing your Friday thing, huh? My Friday. I only drink one, one day a week. That's oh, my that's Friday. Cool. That's mm-hmm. cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not. I'm not really a big. First of all, alcohol is nasty to me. Okay, it's disgusting. Gotcha. When did you become sober? Five years ago. And what was the reason? Drinking too much, and it's hold me back. And I like being sober. I've always wanted to be sober, even when I used to drink every day. I used to always want to be sober. So. I know a lot of people who are sober now, but there was a, a certain there was a certain um, uh, action that happened in their life for them to look at themselves in a mirror and be like, "Yo, damn, I need to stop." Yeah, yeah. So I didn't have one of those. I had multitudes of those, and it was just time for me to stop. Just woke up one day, and be like, "Yo, it's yeah, it's, I mean, it's time." Yeah, because I tried to stop on occasions, so then you kind of gotta. Get down on the grind and just really do what you really need to do. Like, there's a lot of things that I actually want to do in life that I've never actually done. Mm-hmm. Were you an alcoholic? I would say I was an alcoholic, but now that I'm clean and sober, I would say that I just, uh, it's the behaviors more than anything. Mm. What were you, you mean? Were you a drug addict? Nah, I like drugs, but uh, I wasn't a drug addict. Did you, are you 100% sober? Like drugs, no drugs, no alcohol, nothing? No. I don't... Yes. Yes, I what? don't drink. Yeah. <laughs> you don't drink, but you do drugs still. No, I'm saying I don't do anything. Oh, okay. Clean and sober. Okay. I could piss test every day right now. I mean, I'm not the feds, nigga. Can you sure do act like <laughs> Sorry, watch this. So you're cleaning? Okay. So you're cleaning, sober? Oh, no drugs. <laughs> watch this. 
Do you, do you celebrate 420 getting oh, high on ecstasy, pal? I mean, so how did your life change? Did you see it? Did you see a, a different? Because I mean, I I feel like this is something that's commendable I, to you. You know what I'm saying? Let me, no, wait, wait. Let me finish my let me finish my my speech. I feel like this this is something commendable. The fact that you were doing that shit and you had the uh, uh, the mental toughness to be like, yo, I'm I'm finna stop. And nothing, nothing, because most people like something has. To, oh, I was driving and I was drunk and I hit a car and I almost killed someone. That's a wake up call. You didn't have a wake up call. You just I said, no. I didn't say that. I said I had a bunch of wake up calls. But I mean, but there was nothing that was like this at a snap of uh. When I say I was driving and I almost killed someone, that's like a that's like a snap. Like damn, yeah. You're, it's like a light when your life flashes in your eyes. You know well, what I'm saying? My, my thing is, my life was flashing. I wasn't. It's over. You know when the party is over, it's mm-hmm. over. The yeah. fucking party is over. Did, did having a kid have anything to do with everything it? Everything has something to do with it. You okay. want to be there for your kid. You mm. want to have a kid. You want to do this. You want to do that. You want to have more money. You want to look better. You want to always, always had good habits like working and being talented, being a kind person and being this. The hardest part about being sober is, is kind of seeing people for who they are and not who you thought they were. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, talk about it. So, it's like things really like, things really don't move fast. I've noticed that people are their own people. People are going to be who they're going to be, but through it all, I still got to be me. And I can kind of really see through a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And when I say this, the behaviors, even though that I don't drink, I still see some of the behaviors in other areas of my life. You know, like eating sugar. Yeah. I don't eat sugar every day, but I know that I shouldn't be eating sugar because it's not good for me. But it's the same, oh, I'll just start over tomorrow, or I need to do this, or that this, or this is how I'm feeling. It's not alcohol, but it's just those same behavior habits in other areas of my life. Mm. Uh, Oh, I'll just drink, and then I'll go to the gym. Yeah. I might not drink and go to the gym. I might, oh, man, I had me two pieces of cake. I'll just get up in the morning and go to the gym. It's the same fucking process on how I'm actually dealing with the behavior. Mm. It was the behaviors that needs to be corrected more than anything. That was just what I was fucking with then. Mm. That's dope. That's, that's very commendable because I always said once I get in my 40s, I'm going to stop eating meat. And I haven't had the strength to, to do that yet. It takes a lot to, uh, to change something in your life. Yeah, I'm finna go back to being a vegetarian vegan because I did I put on all this weight, man. Mm. I put on all this weight, man. Yeah. And just like seven years ago when I was like practicing vegetarian veganism, I was smaller, but I was I was also in my mid-30s, right? Mm. Started eating meat and I started gaining the weight back. Lifting weights and shit like that too, but I want to be a little smaller because smaller is optimal for the things that I wanted. Yeah. I want to play basketball with 20-year-old motherfucker. Man, I went to the basketball court the other day. This motherfucker shit me so damn bad. I fell down (laughs) in slow motion, and the nigga made it. And right when the ball came, that was going to bounce on me. The nigga grabbed the ball, and they still helped me up. (laughs) What? 
That sounds like some special effects shit. The nigga shot it and catched his own rebound? No, he shook me. He shook you. You fell on the floor. I fell in slow motion under the basket. Watch the nigga lay it up. The ball goes to the hoop right when it's coming down. And he catches it? He caught it. He shook you, made the basket, and caught his own basket. Yeah, because it went through the hoop. We're at 24-hour fitness. Wow. On High Street? Yeah. Yeah, I'm known out there. I'm a, I'm, I'm, no, I'm, I'm a legend at, a, at that gym. Legend to do what? Sneak in for free, No, nigga? basketball, nigga. I'm a legend at that gym. Free, Next time you go to ask, do you know a nigga named Jordan with dress? Yeah, but yeah, that nigga used to kill at that gym. Used to? Still do. Well, I don't go there anymore. I go to uh, the gym down the street. But yeah, nigga, I used to be at... I used to hoop with Fab at uh, fucking kill that nigga. Kill Marshawn Lynch at fucking the gym I go to now. Nigga, all them niggas. I'm known out here. I'm a hoop legend, yo. <laughs> I'm nice as fuck when it comes to basketball, but we ain't gonna talk about sports. But uh, anyways, so the podcast. <laughs> this motherfucker's crazy. <laughs> so the podcast, the podcast blow up, boom. You loved it. I'm saying you're 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 getting traction. Um, like yeah, where do you see yourself? Give me a five year goal. And give me a, a, a 10-year goal. To be alive. To be alive. That's a 10-year goal? Yeah. Okay. Got to start with five first. Well, the five-year goal is to be alive. Yeah. I want okay. a Victorian house. That's mm. Five-year goal, Victorian house. Be a millionaire. Graduated from school by then. This is the five years? Yeah. Okay. Graduated from school by then. Well, I, fuck the 10-year. I don't want to hear about the 10 years. Okay. Probably have another child. What are you doing to accomplish these goals? Everything that I can, boss. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Everything that I... <laughs> nice. Everything that I can, boss. All right. Well, LDs, promote yourself. Like, tell the people where they can find your podcast, your music. Okay. What you got going on, what you, what you working on. Go ahead. Okay, I got that MacArthur Maze Part 1 getting re-released. You know what I'm saying? On Spotify, you can check out my EP, Lamborghini Ferrari. Hey, I got a Fame Media, uh, I Need to Know podcast on Fame Media. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You can catch me on Instagram as Lawrence to one. L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E-T-H-E-O-N-E. And Facebook, Lawrence Walker. And as usual... Come on, you, you know, know what I, I want. want. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I appreciate you for coming on Everyday Slurdy Podcast. It was, a, it was a pleasure getting to know you, getting to know your story. Yo, you are a talented brother. Uh, everybody who's listening to this, follow this man, support him, support an Oakland native. He's a pillar, actually. He's a, he's a pillar, in the, the pillar in the community. The pillar. And when the niggas community. say pillars, that's like the ultimate <laughs> to me. This the ultimate respect when a nigga, when your brethren, when your fellow companions say you're a pillar. It's like saying, it's like when he came in, LDs came in and said, yo, Jordan, you're, you're my OG because I'm older than this nigga. That's kind of like me saying, it's the same equivalent as me saying, nigga, you a pillar in Oakland. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> any last words? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck all y'all. <laughs> Yo, and uh, stay tuned. 
after this, we're playing we're playing uh, Everyday Celebrity Music Group. Everyday Celebrity Media Music Group's first artist, Taylor Made, his freestyle. And this is Everyday Celebrity Podcast, and we are out. You. Yeah. Choppers out the basement, got no time for all that fuckery Just miss me with that faction, you can't stop me if you wanted to I was born to go crazy, just keep my head to the sky Brim low, black strap, trapping all the time Sending it all through the cash app Light skin, bad bitch, she tatted in that ass fat Took it to the beach, I broke her back and made that ass crap I been out the way and shit, trying to get my money right Calculating plays, I gotta make sure these orders right Told my youngest, hold it down and make sure them corners tight OG told me wife here, she hold it down and never fight Baby, count this money while I cook it like a chemist Stretch it like a lassie, watch me rap it like a sandwich Gotta hide the smell so the dogs don't smell the package Every day I'm taking risks and ain't gonna stop until I'm happy Keep my head to the sky, feet up on the pavement Knowing it's my time and I just gotta be patient Cause it's that down to my last and I can show you how gangs do it I ain't worried off the past, I've been trapping, making hustling Keep my head to the sky, feet up on the pavement Knowing it's my time and I just gotta be patient Cause it's that down to my last and I can show you how gangs do it I ain't worried off the past, I've been trapping, making hustling City and the mile in my band and foul city. I lost all my hard drive, then was hand me down. Whoever found him was gonna be styling on the low for sure. How could I view him as a threat when I'm who wrote the quotes? Lately, I've been on my eyelid, Mr. Roper Dolly. Too much to handle on a daily, gotta smoke the coke. And every loss, it was a lesson, wasn't all depressing. Felt like yoga in the streets, I learned all the stretching. All that flexing was too extra, I didn't wanna be. Looking nervous over shoulders, they might wanna squeeze. And whoever getting to it, then I'm qualified. I won't strive for nothing but the fine things. Trying to buy family a little island out the way where we can congregate about the way that we should move when touching down the states. I'm gonna take us to the top if they leave me to steer. Fingers it just seen the vision, it's gonna be the key. My head to the sky, feet up on the pavement. Knowing it's my time, and I just gotta be patient. Cause it's that down to my last, and I can show you how gangs do it. I ain't worried off the past. I've been trapping, making hustle. Keep my head to the sky, feet up on the pavement. Knowing it's my time, and I just gotta be patient. Cause it's that down to my last, and I can show you how gangs do it. I ain't worried off the Switching sides, my nigga said song, bitch. You know we finna ride. Night time we come alive. When it's time to step, they boost. They don't even come outside. They be scared them niggas high. Loyalty, I'm gon' provide. Feel my family guaranteed. If I got it, I'ma bless you. You don't even gotta sneeze. If I love you, you ain't gotta want or ever have to need. All the pain made me who I am. I really had to bleed. Really, I'm Apollo Creed. I be fighting all these demons. I be dealing with some things, so at night I don't be sleeping. Sometimes I share my thoughts, but I really rather keep them. Kicking niggas off the team, cause we really didn't need them. They ain't I had to feed him, you a grown ass man I can lead you to the bag, but I can't hold your hand You don't even got no goals, no, you don't know your plan I don't need no new friends, dog. I don't know your man. I keep my head to the sky, feet up on the pavement 
Knowing it's my time and I just gotta be patient Cause it's that down to my last And I can show you how gangsta doing I ain't worried off the past I've been trapping, making hustle Keep my head to the sky Feet up on the pavement Knowing it's my time and I just gotta be patient Cause it's that down to my last And I can show you how gangsta doing I ain't worried off the past I've been trapping, making hustle music